You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Glad you enjoyed that 60-second break for some of you. For us, others, a little bit longer than that. We are now joined by, well, I guess we're subtracting one person. Matt Kennerly had to, we recorded half the podcast, as you know. He, I think he's in San Francisco today, if his Twitter is accurate. But we still have uh, Raj Prabala with us. So you and me, breaking down the schedule. You ready for this? Yep, let's do it. Before we get to that, we're actually doing news a little bit because we're not recording these months ahead of time. So Oregon and Boise State, three-game series for 2024 through 2026. Pretty big deal. It's a two-for-one. You're okay with that, but I think what's your biggest, what you told me, 800K, right? Game number three, get the payday. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to look at it as a two for one because I look at it as a home and a home and a road game for 800,000. Because, you know, getting a home and home versus a big time non Washington State Power Five team, it's not easy. <laughs> so, uh, especially with, um, with, um, I think it's the Pac 12, the SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC, they got that Power Five requirement, and Boise State doesn't qualify. For some reason, for any of those conferences, so army does. I, get it. I could pick and choose an American team if I want to, so that's how that works out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that I, was I, funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm good with it. Um, and you know, Kurt Apsey, good job by him. I mean, I'm not sure what type of connection he's got going on with Oregon, but we have that home and home in basketball this year, and now that's we right. have. Oh yeah, that is a, that's interesting too. Like in season, home and home. I think part of it, didn't the Pac-12 change their scheduling guidelines like the West Coast did a little bit? I want to say, I, I think they made some adjustment where fewer conference games or something to like boost RPI or something. But yeah, the rare home-and-home hoops. So we'll have Oregon, we'll be playing Boise State at least five times over the next, what, eight years in a variety well, yeah, of sports? yeah, I mean, it's going to be kind of fun because the worst-case scenario is um, Boise State will be 3-3 three and three with Oregon. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Last year should have been like a hundred to zero, but that's neither here nor there. By going for the pick sixes, right? So. And you know, lastly about Oregon, there's no telling where Oregon be. I don't think um, Cristobal is that good of a head coach. I doubt he'll be the coach in, in 2024. And maybe Oregon will just be a middle of the road Pac-12 team by then. Actually, you could make the argument that they're yeah. middle of the road Pac-12 team now. Yeah, if you go to Vegas Bowl, you're what at at best eight and four, and that's if right. you get a playoff and a New Year's Six team. So right. it's uh, they're slightly above average, I would say. But look at twenty twenty four super quick since we're on it. They already have their non conference slate filled out at Georgia Southern, Houston, at Oregon, home to Cincinnati. That's not bad. No, they they um, I think the let me bring that up really quickly. I think they had two years in a row. What's the year with um, um, Portland State? That let's see, that's twenty nineteen. Is Portland State? Okay, yeah, and so I know they had to, it. they too. You know, with the, the game against Ole Miss and stuff like that, they they had holes in the schedule. I think 2020 is also the year that um, they're going to Hawaii, so they could theoretically add another two-for-one where they add the road game in 2020 and then add, you know, a home-and-home home down the line somewhere. Yeah, the 2020, they got the four games, Georgia Southern again, Florida State. Yep. Crossing my fingers in Boise still. It's still a go. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I would just, before you jumped on, I was trying to find a buyout number for that Florida State game, and I couldn't find it. It's just a little unnerving because Florida State changed their home game to Jacksonville, Florida, and they're calling it a neutral site game. So that's mm. it's a little unnerving, but, um, you know, right now they're on the schedule, so we'll see what happens. As of today. So, or let's get to the actual schedule this year. So you pointed out before the show because you've been going back and listening to every podcast, as everybody should. So you know where to find us, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you can buy good podcasts for free, we're there. So you you pointed out, because I've been keeping track this year, every exact game I'm picking, just so I don't have any weird holes where I pick, hey, you picked Hawaii to win and lose against San Jose State or something for the various shows. Right, right. Second up to um, <laughs> the listeners by having you know yeah. Utah State going 12-0 and in their podcast and then Boise State going 12-0 and in their podcast as well. Impossible. However... Me and Matt did mention Utah State. Every game on that schedule is win. Well, outside of Michigan State, sorry. Every conference game is winnable, but they're probably not going to win them all. Well, I, there was a couple of podcasts I was listening to where, like Nevada, I was kind of just like kind of spacing out um, when you weren't talking about Boise State, which <laughs> I think you would kind of expect. And like in the end, you guys were talking about like how they could win eight or nine games, and like you guys were debating. You guys were legitimately having a yeah. debate on who they could beat between San Diego State, Fresno State, or Boise State. It, it, well, it's true because here's why. Well, we don't have you on too often, so we'll get to that. I am extremely optimistic Nevada could do something crazy special, which could be like eight wins maybe. Like if I'm like we, when we, we do our big preview, big picture show, like a dark horse team, I've been saying it forever, I like Nevada because of what they can do offensively. If you can score 50 points, which they're capable of doing, 40-plus points – they can beat a lot of good teams. So, yeah, I have them at eight wins, eight and four. But, again, it's Fresno, Boise, Aztecs are all losses. And I have them on the road at Toledo, a loss. So it's eight and four. That might be higher because they go to Vanderbilt, which, eh, whatever. Going to Hawaii, they're never – it's tough. At UNLV is interesting because Rebels – Armani Rogers says the bowl game's happening. So he said it. Well, but... okay. Well, I, I'll make the counterpoint. So, okay, let's go say eight and four is let's, – let's just say for the sake of the argument that that's chalk. Eight and four for them. You're saying that they have a chance to go nine and three by getting one of those four upsets. They also have a chance of going seven and five by dropping a game that they should win. They're not going to be some massive favorite over, no. you know, going to UNLV or um, you know Vanderbilt for sure. They're not going to be a massive favorite. Mm-hmm. No, but what I'm saying is the way their offense goes, they I'd give them a chance in almost any game. Well, right, but that's, some that's, team could just open up the floodgates on their defense. That's my point. It could be like the CSU game or Air Force game where they lose like 45-42. I'm just saying, right. like, if I'm picking a dark horse team, they're, I think, the most likely to do something. Because what he, like when we met me and Matt did the San Diego State preview, if the Aztecs get behind 17-3, to 21-3, 21-0, are they going to be able to come back? That's my point. Like, if, yeah. if like I know it's the Boise show, but in the, like when they play Nevada – in San Diego State, if Nevada rolls off 17 straight points really quick, 17-0, I don't know if Aztecs can keep up with that. Yep. I Okay, I'm going to – before I get more into this argument, I'm going to reset and apologize to the Boise State fans <laughs> listening right now because Careful. I'm supposed to be playing the role of a homer and we're sitting around debating the Nevada Wolfpack. It's so. okay. <laughs> but that, you get my point. There, there's potential no, no, I for do. something you, no, you guys are right. Yeah, I mean – I, the last thing about Nevada, I think they're going to go seven and five, which isn't. That's better than it's better than most people are saying. Bowl, yeah. Most people aren't saying a bowl game. I, it's. I think they'll. I think people are going to underestimate them. That's all I'm saying. So, because like they play a crappy Oregon State team, Vanderbilt's something special. They could be like 
Honestly, they could be 5-0 and going to that Fresno State game. Because Portland State, they should win. At Vanderbilt, I could see that being a win. Oregon State, a win. At Toledo, maybe. At Air Force, possibly. So it's like, it's not out of the question, but we'll see. But I, I still think a bowl game, like for me, they, that should be not no questions. But I'm not going to be shocked. Other people will. If they go to a bowl game, I'm like, yeah, that's expected. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they went to a bowl game. I, I don't think I'd be shocked if they won nine games. Oh, so would I. I just, yeah, I was just be, we're just kind of debating. Like, if they could get one, because all three of those games are at home Boise, Fresno, and San Diego State. So, and you know how the goalposts are, right? Are they, yeah. are they regulation yet? <laughs> Weren't you guys, um, I was, um, yeah, I was getting a little bit heated. I think, um, uh, Matt brought it up. He said that Nevada has like the biggest win differential prediction at home or something crazy. They have like I read somewhere like how are they figure out home field advantage? They have like one of the top tens in the country for home field advantage, <laughs> which is it's odd. I'll, I'll always notice in games they have the soccer stripes and streamers are on the field like uh, some MLS game. All I know is I hate Reno. When I used to make the drive from Boise to the Bay Area, I would plan my gas so I didn't have to give them a dime of my money to boost their economy anyway. So that's, um, that's tricky. I made that drive two weeks ago. It's hard not. To yeah, see. you you got to stop because I count Sparks as part of Nevada. So you well, gotta um, yeah, you gotta stop quite a bit of ways. Oh man, that's that's risky. You gotta have an extra can of five gallon, right? No, you 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 plan for it, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the Boise games here because that's what we're here for. So. They go to Troy. Like, their schedules, it's pretty good. Like, at Troy, Troy, Sunbelt, what, nine, ten wins almost guaranteed. That, it's on the road. And we've discussed, um, I don't think me and Matt just discussed Troy at all, but this is one of the, outside of Oklahoma State, it's the, and Fresno State, like, the third toughest game on their schedule. So, so what, are you th- what are your thoughts on Troy? Because we all know what Troy's done the Sunbelts. It's on the road. Last year was more of a blowout than people thought. I'm thinking, should be fine, right? Yeah, I'm going to say that Troy is the fourth toughest game on the schedule. And so I don't think it's a game that you could sleep on. But Boise State has, under Harson has done pretty well to open up the year. And um, I think they'll be all right. They got a new quarter. Troy's got a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I know that their defense is kind of depleted. If they wanted to get us, you know, it would have been nice for Troy to have last year's game at home. And I know a lot of people, a lot of their fans thought that they would beat Boise State, like legitimately beat Boise State last year. And, um, you know, it was a Colorado State situation. Last year was a much, much better chance for them, and um, I don't think they're as good as a team this year, and I think Boise State is a better team this year, so I, I don't think Troy's going to win. Well, yeah, Brandon Silvers is gone. Their top, three of their top four running backs are gone. Like I said, they defense, they lose most of their defensive line. They lose a couple linebackers. It's like last year, if they were going to win, it would, they had a much better team. So, But again, Troy always has good talent, but it's Boise should win. I don't think a line's set for this game, but I think I don't think it's set yet. But I've seen ten points on my ESPN app. Okay, ESPN. Do ten you, points ish. Do you like um, the football power index? Do you just subscribe by that? Now um, you know. I just kind of use it as a guide right now. Um, it's kind of. I think it, it. It's a lot better once you start getting going like you know how like if you just kind of like sit back and look like how are they making like a projection for like boise state at air force on october 27th exactly uh i'm looking at vegas insider 10 and a half point favorite for boise on the road i mean i would just if i was a some degenerate gambler uh, you know i'd probably say take boise but you know i probably want to stay away it's opening game of the year on the road um and Troy's pretty good too, so. And Troy's Troy's pretty good. They got good talent. I think one thing that's interesting, shoot, and I wish I could give the person credit. Um, 
someone on Twitter was saying how um, when Boise State played at Louisiana Lafayette, they played during the daytime because of the climate. Oh, difference. I saw that too. Yeah, um, I forgot who tweeted that out, but um, this game's at six p.m. I think. Oh, six p.m. Mountain, so that'd be seven p.m. wherever Troy's at. Um, Might be eight. Is Troy Eastern time? Uh, who knows? <laughs> we'll find out. But oh, no, I get it's your four mountains, so it's actually it's uh, it's Central time, yeah. So it it's Central time. Okay, so I don't know. I I don't think the climate would make a huge difference. I thought that was kind of an interesting nugget. No, I think Boise State will win that game. Yeah, I get the weather. Take any advantage you have, which is fine. Your sure. humidity, your but here's a couple things too. Yeah, it's humidity and hotter during the day in the south. But then again, how, how much does it counteract when you're practicing it? 4,000 feet, 5,000 feet above sea level. Sure. So it's like, it's uh, it's tough, but it's it's probably TV reasons because why it's at the time it's at and not during the middle of the day. So, But I, I say Boise should win. I wouldn't be, honestly, I wouldn't be overly shocked if Troy wins, but I don't see it happening. I would be a little bit shocked. I just think, um, you know, new quarterback, just Troy's losing some players. I think Boise State, you know, we talked about this yesterday. They're just... You know, outside of figuring out who's going to break through at the wide receiver group, I think Boise State is just such a loaded team this year. So I think Boise State, I feel pretty good about that victory. Yeah, I feel good. Yeah, it, it, It's also going to be one of the sneaky good games of the weekend as well, that first that first Saturday. Or I guess, excuse me, I'm not going to fall into the ESPN trap. It's week it's the second week of games, even though it's week <laughs> one. Because <laughs> we've got plenty of games. So next week, um, they come home to UConn. And are we going to discuss UConn or are we going to discuss the podcast? Me and uh, Daniel Connolly did about, geez, two months ago. I want to discuss the podcast. So to give everyone a background, before uh, when Jeremy's all like, hey, do you want to jump on with me and Matt for the Boise State podcast? I said, sure. So I was catching up on all the podcasts. I went through all the previews. And then the last one I listened to was the UConn versus Boise State um, preview. And it's a fun, good podcast. But if you go by topics in that podcast, I think the most talked about topic was macaroni versus ham. Mac and the cheese second, boy. <laughs> the second most talked about topic was UConn women's basketball. And then then I guess it was a toss-up between conflict trophy and Nevada basketball and um, well, part of it Randy was, Etzel versus um, Bob Diaco. But um, part, of was, just, well, part, of, part of it was Daniel used to do Nevada stuff for us as well. So that's part of the reason those things came okay. up too. So. But it, it's it is it's a fun podcast. It's like if you listen sure. to the Wisconsin show, if you haven't, when I talked with Jake Kokorowski, Wisconsin plays New Mexico and Madison. Lobos aren't going to win. Like in this case, no. UConn, they're not going to win. So talk stuff around. I know the UConn one was way out there, but the Wisconsin one, it's a road game. Talk about how to tailgate, what to eat. We ask him what a barbecue is. Sure, no. Let me ask you because I asked Jake a while ago. What what do you consider a barbecue? Like what do I consider barbecue food? Like if you have, if you have a barbecue at your house, like Fourth of July or Memorial Day or something, what do you what's up like like a cookout, what, grilling? What do you what what's your what do you what do you think that is? Uh, well, I'd say burgers. I mean, I think that's the standard. Like if you have burgers, then you know it's at least gonna be decent. I don't like frozen wings. I see a lot of people do that, and you know that kind of just rubs me the wrong way. And um, you know if you got if you got ribs. You know, or pulled pork. Okay. Now we're talking. That's a barbecue. Okay. When people say barbecue, burgers, and hot dogs, I'm like, no, that's like a cookout. Right. It's not a barbecue. Right. That's, you know, that's a situation where, like, well, you know, if 
you got lettuce and tomatoes, that's pretty good to put on your burgers. And, <laughs> you know, something better than just dogs and buns. You know, that's that's just a, hey, let's go grab the grill and just go and make some food somewhere. Good. I'm glad you mentioned, like, ribs and other things like that. All right. So this is a big topic of the podcast as well because we'll go off topic. What's your ham take? Sure. We need to know about ham. I, I agree <laughs> completely with you. Yes! I, Victory. <laughs> I would not. In fact, I'm actually more anti-ham than you. I would not go and get ham at a sandwich shop. I usually go roast beef. But oh, for Christmas yes. or Thanksgiving, yeah. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm not gonna be like a no ham guy. I'll eat. I'll take a piece of ham, and you know, I might make a little Why? sandwich the next day. But other than that, that's the only two times where I would be voluntarily looking forward to ham. You look forward to it, or you mean you just have to ha- endure? <laughs> no, I mean a good ham. I guess for Christmas is all right. But I don't, I don't think there is good ham. That's my argument. <laughs> I felt like if I go to Jimmy John's or something, yeah, if there's ham mixed in, that's fine. I may have, but the be- oh, I guess I'll give credit to one person. They made like a pineapple glazed ham. That was yeah. pretty. That's pretty good. But I'm not. It's it's just it's just there. You know what I mean? It's just like it's okay. It's nothing great. You you can't make it good. How do you make it good? There's no sauce you can add to it besides like maybe a glaze. It's not like if you have a steak or a chicken or wings or anything else where you can, or some sort of broth or sausage. You can't add I, anything to it, really. That's all I'm saying. So, I think you are making a good point because, like, like when I'm thinking about ham, I'm thinking about like a plate of food. I'm thinking about like the potatoes, the cranberries, <laughs> and like the ham there. So I like taking a bite of each. But you're right, like. If if someone just gave me a plate with like two nice pieces of ham, that that's not an enjoyable meal. <laughs> exactly. For finally, finally get get some some of the sense here. <laughs> but okay, for as for Yukon, so seriously, they um, so what do they? So it's a Yukon's uh, not very good. Ninety. Okay, this percentage on uh, S and P plus, this is like FCS percentage wise. Ninety four percent chance Boise State wins. Is that too low? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the way I look at this is like. Most games should be in the forty to sixty range, right? That mean for a good Most game. Most college football games should be in that forty to sixty range. You know, if you're talking about kind of a, a disparity, maybe thirty to seventy. And I'm looking at FPI; it's ninety-seven point three. That's <laughs> that's that's silly. That's a silly number. It is, and they have a well. They do have their buddy um, Randy Etzel back for year two, technically, I guess, or he's doing something coming back. Uh, they're just they don't like I've seen them I've seen UConn play enough whether it be they played Boise before when I when I covered BYU for other jobs I had to watch them and those games were just brutal to watch they just don't have anything that makes you like they're gonna be great I know Edsel can be pretty good defense and and here's the thing too UConn loses their starting quarterback from last year um, they I guess the one good thing is a decent running back like Kevin Mensa is back all the receivers are back but they lose, lose like their whole offensive line just about and so it's and and also here's what doesn't help either. Um, can I predict Alexander Madison to have maybe 224 yards? Because the defensive <laughs> line is gone, the linebackers are gone as well. So just hand the ball off to him every single time. Well, I don't want to disrespect UConn too much, but this might be a situation like um, I remember when like um, my dad came to visit. I took him to a game. And I was pretty excited. The problem was that we were playing UC Davis, and we yeah. pulled all of our starters in the second quarter because I forgot who we were playing the next week. And this might be a UC Davis situation where you're sure. playing Oklahoma State the next week. Do you? How much of the playbook do you want to show? And I hate disrespecting an FBS team like that, but <laughs> I don't. I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how Prove this goes. It. That might be a great opportunity after the game in Troy to kind of figure out who's a second running back. Is it going? Is Mahoney going to lock it down, or is you know when the two freshmen going to step up? So 
Could Madison get 200 yards? Yeah, definitely. Will he? Probably not. Well, I mean, if he has one rush of like 80 yards, he, he might. But barring stuff like that, probably not. No, it's no. He'll have big. Game. That should be like that should be a fairly simple game. And the big game, Oklahoma State on the road in Stillwater. Oklahoma State's supposed to be okay, which it's fine. Like this is a good matchup for them to play when the, to before they face like. San Diego State or Fresno. You know what I mean? It's like those type of teams. Because here's the interesting part, which will be fun, if Drew Brown gets a starting job for Oklahoma right. State, the former Hawaii quarterback, who is he was quite good. He just figured, like, I'm not sticking out this garbage in Hawaii, whatever's going on. I'm moving on because I don't want to learn a new offense, run and shoot. So we know what we do know about what Mike Gundy does. It'll be a lot of passing. It'll be wide open. It'll be similar to playing, I guess, in the Mountain West, like when they play Nevada or CSU. Without a running game, though, obviously don't want to throw a lot. And besides, and they'll have, have better athletes. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, better athletes out there too, as well. Uh, they won't have a good. I don't think they'll have a great running attack. But Boise is the underdog in this game. That's a little shocking because Oklahoma State's predicted what seven, eight games, fifth in the Big Twelve, and the Big Twelve is pretty deep with TCU, Oklahoma, whatever you think of Texas because they're somehow ranked because they got that burnt orange. Sure. On side, and, and they were really good in the seventies and eighties. Can't forget it, about that. Um, I was uh, Vince Young. I, I appreciate what he did in the Rose Bowl, two thousand. Sure, not too bad. At least once or twice. Right. Um, as well, maybe not known fact. Uh, me, a fairly large University of Texas fan years ago. So there you go. Well, you spent some time down there. Didn't I you? lived in Houston for 18, 19 years. So yeah. <laughs> okay, so I was. So I know these aren't the two best ranking mechanisms, but Athlon has. Oklahoma State as the 34th best team and FPI has them as the 20th best team. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a big discrepancy. Um, here's the thing that really concerns me about this game is Oklahoma State is basically just having two scrimmages before they play Boise State. They're playing uh, Missouri State, the Missouri State Bears, if you want to know what their mascot is. Oh boy. And um, I guess South Alabama. South Alabama is a you – know, they got San Diego State two years in a row, didn't they? they? Yes, they do. USA. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to completely sleep on them, but I'm <laughs> okay. The matchup predictor on um, ESPN's FPI on for that game is ninety eight point six. Um, South wait, Alabama versus. Oklahoma oh, State. I thought you were gonna say oh, boys. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not right. <laughs> no, no. So um, so that's not worry. They're gonna be at home. They're gonna have basically two scrimmages to figure out who Mason Rudolph's um. Um, yeah, replacement's going to be mm-hmm. so th- that's the thing that concerns me um, I think it, I think if you just put both these teams on a neutral site it's a toss up and you got the game in Oklahoma State and uh, so I, it's going to be a tough game I, I think that if there was a if there was a line would you, would you say like 5.5 would be a line that you would set if someone said that you had to set a line for this game right now yeah that's about right I think that actually might be what the line is but a couple things I shouldn't disrespect the running game because um Justice Hill did have 1,467 yards and 15 touchdowns. However, passing game, like I said, Rudolph's gone. James Washington, he's somewhere in the NFL. There's Marcel Aitman. They lose. That's 2,600 yards. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, the uh, Cedric Wilson, he had, he had 1,500 yards compared to Boise State's other right. 2,000. So you're losing basically over 50% of your passing attack just from your receiver's standpoint. And Boise's secondary with Tyler Horton, everybody else they have who's going to be just hovering in that secondary position. 
are they going to be able to throw? Even though the um, I was going to say Aggies there, sorry, um, Sooners or not Sooners, geez, uh, Cowboys. There we go. I'll get it right one of these days. Uh, but, but like they go deep, but like I know they have the two scrim, like not scrimmages, but lesser opponents. They should win quite easily. How well are they going to be going to actually face a team that's going to? Because there's a point in saying, "Oh, I'm playing an easier team to get guys in the groove." And yes, sure. South Alabama is a little bit better, but they're still not great. They they may do a few plays here or there, put a little thorn in their side, but then they take a huge jump to Boise. Could be a top 20 team at that time if they win their games, which would seem likely for beating UConn and a pretty good Troy team. And just other teams losing, they'll be top 20 team. And it'd be like, it's a huge jump from those two teams to Boise. So it's, it is a gradual build, but it's a pretty big jump from South Alabama to the Broncos. Like, I know they'll be ready, but... It's just a different type of team you're playing. And if they lose all that passing attack, they lose most of their offensive line. They have some decent guys coming back who they have um, one all-Big 12 guy from last year. They have some depth that played depth that played there. But they lose so much on their what their bread and butter is is passing and receiving. I don't know how they can make that up by, by the time they play Boise State or be comfortable enough with like some new QB, new receivers as well at the top. And they lose a couple defenders too. And their defense is never known to be great. Here is why I'm going to pick Boise State in this game. I think Boise State's going to just come out on fire and get ahead. And then Oklahoma State's going to be left with a quarterback who might have had a few real snaps underneath his belt. But he's going to have to try to win a game. And he's I, he's probably not going to be a tremendous quarterback. And he's probably going to throw some picks because Boise State had, does have a great defensive line that's going to pressure him. And they got some pretty good players in the secondary. So I think if Boise State comes out and just punches them in the mouth and can – come out and can take a 10-point lead in the first or second quarter, I think Oklahoma State's going to be in a lot of trouble because they probably will end up turning over the ball once or twice. And if Masson is in his game and in his groove and can control that clock a little bit, I think Boise State could win this game by about, you know, one of those games where Boise State's up by 10, 12 points and Oklahoma State brings it to a one-score game but runs out of time. So I, I, I can see that. Who's likely to be the quarterback? Like, Dubron came in early. I'm going right. to guess when you look at um... – and so the other one is the incoming freshman. Well, this is the fifth-year senior. He's been Mason Rudolph's oh, backup. Right, right. So I was, I was looking really quick what they said in media days. That's a Taylor Cornelius. But yeah, Taylor Cornelius. But he only threw 10 passes last year. So it's like, yeah, he's the backup. He knows the system. But I, I don't know who will be quarterback. I think Boise can do it. But this will be, again, like one of the, I think one of the better games. There could be a, This could be like the Washington State game last year. Oh, well. I guess the final score, I should say, because that game, the first three quarters, or what was like twenty-one-seven, pretty low scoring for who was on the field. I think this game can end up being like first to forty, almost wins thirty-five points because of how these two teams play. I'm taking Boise State because they'll have played a, de- a pretty good team in Troy, UConn, whatever. But I just think, like I said, the, and again, think of the opposite that Oklahoma State has. They have a Brett Ripon who's basically a four-year starter. They have a solid running back. Defense is loaded with everybody back. We mentioned the coaching staffs all together. It'll be a close one, but I think Boise will pull it off. You know, I think there's, there's a, there's, I think both extremes are also on the table. I think Boise State, if they just get going and they win big time, that and Boise State's going to the bye week three and zero. UCF plays Florida Atlantic, so maybe UCF gets knocked off at that point. Um, that could be a lot of buzz for Boise State. That could be a crazy amount of hype building up for Boise State if they can win big. And on the flip side, if Oklahoma State wins this game, that's gonna it's two weeks for, you know, you know, all the Boise State fans to remind Brian Harson that Chris Pearson went fifty and three over a four year stretch. 
here's the thing too. If they lose this game, we've known historically it's not going to ruin any big no. money bowl chances. Because if you look at the other teams in contention, like I was part of the underdogs poll, like a few people had Florida Atlantic high UCF. Florida Atlantic plays Oklahoma, Air Force, and UCF. So it's like, come on, they're, are they really? They're not going to win all those games, and they they play in CUSA, um yeah, CUSA. They moved up, so it's like, if Boise loses Oklahoma State, not a big deal. They still have a chance to play a potentially ranked Aztecs and Bulldogs team and beat them. And all you can do is win win conference, and you're good to go. Essentially, you're going to be in that conversation regardless. But UCF plays like they play FAU. Maybe like like seriously, FAU loses Oklahoma. Likely, UC, FAU beats UCF. They're almost knocked out because who? What? What? what law? It's like. I know we're super early and it's dumb to project this, but if you look who you're losing to, Oklahoma State, who, yeah, 8-4 in the Big 12, or they lose to, like, an FAU team, or you, you know what I mean? Those losses, and FAU can't make it up by losing to Oklahoma. So it's like they don't have the schedule beyond that. UCF should be pretty good, but they don't have the schedule beyond that to build that back up. I don't think they'd get ahead of Boise State. So I, I don't think FAU is a factor. I think that's one of those situations – this is here's a take if you want one. I think Boise State has a ten percent chance to go to a, uh, a New Year's Six game if they go ten and two and win the champion Mountain West Championship. Well, they they lost two games and went played Arizona in twenty fourteen. Yeah, they lost two games this last year, and it had if Memphis beat UCF, mm-hmm. they would have gone to they would have played Auburn. So yeah, it's possible, and so yeah, it's a, there's a decent chance. But I think FAU being a bit overrated, even though they have a lot of t- talent back, I just. They're not going to beat Oklahoma, so it doesn't No, matter. no, they're not. Well, it, same thing could go for them. It, they they need to beat Oklahoma more than Boise State needs to beat Oklahoma State to get Right, to okay, points. yeah, you're, you're right about that. So they could still lose Oklahoma and not be shut out, but they're already – it's going to be pushing out of the pitcher. So that's that's my point. So I, I go for a victory there, Oklahoma State versus Boise State. Broncos got the win. So next one we have at Wyoming, the return of the safety dance in War Memorial Stadium. I still that, that gift is the best in the world. I'll never stop using it ever. It's for any situation. Also, speaking of Wyoming, um, Josh Allen's in action tonight. We have vin- vintage Josh Allen, if you know what that means. P- people, <laughs> what I mean, just sitting on the bench and chucking the ball eighty yards from his knees. No, during this podcast, Ian Warren tweeted out, "I I go vintage Josh Allen because he takes 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 under center, rolls back, rolls back, turns his back to the field." Keeps going, turns the sideline, sack. <laughs> okay, I was gonna tweet this out. It's in one of my drafts. I didn't send it out because, I, I don't know. I kind of felt it was maybe too much of a troll job. But if if I'm a Boise State fan, am I happy that Josh Allen is gone, or am I not happy? Um, because when I kind of felt well, like last year, they kind of depended on Josh Allen too much instead of Craig Bull's offense and using the rest of their athletes. Because Wyoming, for Bean and Laramie, they don't do a terrible job recruiting. No, they look at their defense, man. Look at that. Come yeah, on. definitely their defense. It's. It, I remember two years ago when everybody's a freshman, it was just like the worst defense in the world. And it literally was the worst, worst defense in the world. <laughs> and now they've – and I always make the argument when I talk about returning talent – and they've proved me wrong a little bit, but I'll say it no matter what because I think it makes good sense. I don't care if you have every single player back on your team. If you were bad the year before, you got to show me before you're going to get. I'm not just going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You'll be 10% better, 30% better. And I've always said that for any team when you lose, the, if you have a lot of talent back, but if you're sucky, great, you're back. There is advantage to that. They've proved to, okay, they keep coming back and back, which you know they'll eventually get better. But you got to see it until it happens, and they've proved everybody that after that one year, by taking the lumps, they're really good. And 
Logan Wilson good. They have Carl Granderson. They have the one guy I can't pronounce on the defensive line. Um, was he Gaffon? Uh, Gaffon. There we go, Gaffon. Yeah, close. People know I I don't get names right, so come on. <laughs> but like they their defense. This is going to be a game where like let's go back to Josh Allen. I made somebody got really pissy at me. I think of some Cameron Worrell. I think out in Fresno. He does some whatever. He does some stuff out there. He's a <laughs> decent buddy in the site for comments and stuff. But I mentioned like, are they going to be better without Josh Allen? And he kind of poo-pooed the argument, but I'm like, how can you not say they'll be better without him? Because look how terrible they were last year on offense. It wasn't oh, all right. That's- it wasn't all. That's what you're saying too. It wasn't all on him, but it's not like he was making them better. Well, and and his game is kind of becoming extinct, especially at the college level. Like you know, him to just drop back and look for a wide receiver if he doesn't have those talented players. And you know, which is kind of weird because I kind of thought. Josh Allen didn't really speak out, but the the running uh, the people that were pro Josh Allen kept on saying he was just tossing to guys just off the street that were just running around out there. And um, I didn't think their wide receivers were that terrible. Um, who they got a guy named Conway right, who's pretty he, decent. He was um, hurt for part of the year, but also I will say this: if that's the case, and people bring that up, I always say yes, there were drop passes, but I will also say when he had Brian Hill, um, Hollister, who's with the Patriots. Um, I'm forgetting Tanner Gentry. These guys in NFL, his completion percentage was actually less by like very minuscule, like 0.2%, but it was less with that NFL talent around him, including an offensive lineman who's with the Redskins right now. So that argument, I'm like, no, that doesn't fly because he should have been so much better the year before with all this talent around him. And he wasn't. Here's what's going to, and then the thing is in between Oklahoma state and Wyoming is a bye week. So Wyoming ha- will have this game at home, but Boise State will be coming out for the bye. So, I mean, if you want to call that as a wash, I think a bye week is more valuable than having a game at home. I, I just don't think Wyoming will have enough offense. I think best-case scenario for the Cowboys is like a 24-17, just kind of like a grind-out game where, you know, Boise State's kneeling the ball out. But I think it could be a lot worse for the Cowboys. I do too. Like it's going to be between. Uh, they sent out a release the other day. Nick Smith and is it Vanderwall? I believe I've said that in front of me. But they're still battling it out. They're running a little better because they have a couple guys back who've been out for injuries. But I just here's the thing: it's hard to be worse on offense. Like they were at the bottom and ton of, and that's not a slight. It may sound like a slight, but they couldn't run the ball last year. They had injuries at tight end, got receiver Conway, Curtis Conway. The guys came in late, but. The defense will keep them in this game, but right. they're not going to win this game. Even though going to Laramie, it's not late in the year where weather could be an issue, like that CSU game last year. It's going to be a game that's going to cause Boise State to struggle a little bit, but what will end up coming up, coming down to be, I think, is that, yeah, well, we make it a bunch of three and outs or five play, short drives for Boise State, but then what will happen is that <laughs> they'll get so tired because their offense will do the same thing, go three and out and not have any extended drives to get that defense any sort of break. And at some point, Boise State will break through because that defense, while good, will get a little bit tired later in the game when they're getting 90-second breaks because the offense goes three and out on four straight possessions. That's what I think will happen, where it might be 21-7. to seven. And it's like, oh, that's a, that's not a good result for Boise State or 21-3, but 
it's because how good that Wyoming defense is that finally just kind of falls apart because they're just exhausted because they don't get enough rest or help from their offense. That's what I think this game will turn out to be. It'll be closer than people think, but for people who don't realize what Wyoming can do, they're like, well, what's, what the heck's going on? But for people who do know how good their defense is, it's like, okay, that makes sense. They helped Boise to 21 points. That's pretty good. See, I think it's going to come down to turnovers. If Wyoming doesn't win the turnover battle, it's going to be ugly. If they go to, like, if they can't just make, if Wyoming can't have, like, a big play or two, that's the only way they're going to keep the score respectable. If they don't have, like, a, a big play or two to flip the field, I think Boise State's going to end up winning by, like, 17 points or more. I think it's going to go badly because Wyoming's just not going to be able to score points. Let me ask you Just on the offensive thing, if, if, okay, let me ask you this. If Wyoming gets the ball at the 20-yard line, how many times are they going to be able to drive down the field and put points up on the board? I don't know. Without a running game, not likely. <laughs> right, maybe once or twice. That's my point. Like they, like they're t- like the turnover thing. Like Logan Wilson, Wingard, Apps. Right. They're they were very very good turning the ball over. So maybe if they get short fields and maybe they kick four field goals, that's not too helpful. If they pick off Rippin because we've seen Rippin struggle from time to time, or Madison could fumble. And so if they're going to – they're going to need to get turnovers and be like quick scores or get something really close to guaranteed points. I just – it's going to take a lot more for Wyoming to win than Boise to lose. I don't think Wyoming is going to win. I think it's going to be a situation where if Wyoming can have – and this sounds really condescending to the Cowboys, but if Wyoming can make a couple of big plays, they can make the score – seem closer than what the game really was that's what i mean like that's what i said it could be 21 3 or 21 7 and be closer just because that defense right i think i'll give the cowboys a little bit more i think it could be like a 24 14 where boise state was just kind of in charge the whole time maybe had a red zone you know interception or something like that where you know there was never really down in the game i i think boise state's gonna win pretty handily and i think you're on the same page with that i should note um because i'm getting twitter hate at the moment for josh allen tweets and the bills I did retweet two great passes you just had, so get off my back. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think he might be better in the NFL than he was in college. Yeah, he um, could be. He could be. I, I joke around because I I know he'll probably be okay, but I can. it's easy to poke holes in what he does because when he trips over his own feet and hits people in the legs, I'm just saying. All right, let's move on to the next game. San Diego State at home. Are you afraid of the Aztecs? I need to know that. Yes. Well, okay, I – I said yes. I think afraid is too strong of a word. I think that this is the second toughest game on the schedule. More so, um, than, more so than Fresno State. Why is that? Um, because of San Diego State has won on the blue turf before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we take a lot of umbrage at stuff that Rocky Long has done. But, you know, he he's done pretty well against Boise State. You know, if you make it um, a, a relative comparison to Boise State, he's I think he's two and three. He's one on the blue turf, and they're bringing back what are they bringing back four linemen on the offensive line? Yeah, are they bringing back four? Okay, they're bringing back all five linemen. Mm -hmm. You know, their running back is probably going to be good. How good might be up in the air? We think I think we touched on this last night or earlier in the podcast that you're listening to. (laughs) He's going to be good. Is he going to be Rashard Penny good? I don't know. Maybe probably not. But they're going to be good, and um, Christian Chapman, I mean, he's going to do all right, and their defense is going to be good. I just think they're a well-rounded team, and they don't – with Fresno State, we'll talk about this more. They San Diego State does have a body of work. I, they're not just going to fall off a cliff, which Fresno State might. Um, 
But San Diego State, it's going to be a tough game. No, it will be like if Penny, like, only – not Penny, excuse me. I'm doing that again all year. Um, if Washington, like, air quotes, only gets 1,500 yards, any team in the, con- in the country would basically want that. And, right. And so even if he does that, it's like, well, that's still really good. Like, going to Chapman, like, people give me crap about it. Like, he, he's – He's proved me wrong a little bit where he's had a couple of huge drives. When he had that huge drive for San Diego State a couple years ago and then the Stanford drive last year, he's proven he can selectively be good. But there's two things with that. They're not an offense that's going to throw a ton to give him the opportunity to go for like 350 and two three touchdowns or even 250 and two touchdowns. That's not what they do because they run the ball. If they put the game on his shoulders, he's shown to do it here and there but not for an entire game. And they lose guys like Mika Holder and other receivers on the team. David Wells is gone. Nick Bodden's a huge loss at tied at full, excuse me, fullback, former QB. I don't think me and Matt touched on that enough last show when we talked about them, but that's a big loss for the running game as well, despite having all five linemen. They have decent special teams. Whoever's back there, if it's Washington or um, somebody else returning kicks or punts, this will probably be the most, I think it'll be the most competitive game on the schedule for Boise State. And it'll be the closest one because... I will get to Fresno. I like what they'll do with Marcus McMarion getting a full off season and not just being thrown in after a month. I'm going to predict Boise to win because they're at home, but it's going to be one heck of a game and could be like 21-20 or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Fresno State's offense is more dynamic because the quarterback can make more plays. Let me ask you this. If Boise State's defense um, like circles in a Washington and holds them under like 80 yards, does San Diego State have a chance to win this game? Well, they did it last year, and look what happened. Right. <laughs> and um, I, I think Boise State's offense is better. And so, I mean, now I'm – No, I'll I think answer your question. No. Win. No, they don't. They, their chances diminish greatly if Washington gets under 90 yards. I think their chances are pretty diminished unless he has like 150 yards. If he can go crazy and just control the ball and and Rippon has a couple of bad passes so the offense isn't in sync, you know, that's the recipe for disaster for Boise State. But I think, you know, playing at home and, you know, coming, let's just say Wyoming ends up being a victory but a tougher game than you imagined and then they're home to San Diego State and Washington's just having a great game. Rippon makes a couple mistakes. That's, that's you know – where you could run into trouble. But I think Boise State will win. I think you'll see, you know, the two best teams in the conference. I think San Diego State's going to probably represent the Mountain Division or the West Division, and I think we're going to finally get to see San Diego State versus Boise State in the title game. But I think it's going to be a tough game, And I, but I think Boise State will end up winning by 10 points. Yeah, I think it, I think it's going to be super close. So there's a, we'll get to that later once it actually comes game week. But it's a, it'll be nuts. It'll be like they should have game day that week, but I don't know if that will happen. Because Aztec, assuming Aztecs beat Stanford, do first off, do you think they'll beat Stanford? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Stanford just did not look good at the beginning of last year, but just got better and better as the year progressed. So will David Shaw carry that over? Um, I don't know, and that's just, it's just so hard. Um, is is Stanford in? Uh, is that in Palo Alto or is it San Diego? It's in Palo Alto this year because last year was at, at the um, not Qualcomm, but whatever it's called now. It's up north. It's up north this year. Up north. I, 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 I'll, I'll take Stanford in that game. Okay, I just Okay. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're at a place yet where two mid-majors playing each other can get game day. It's happened before. Really? Two mid-majors? BYU-TCU, Utah-TCU. It's happened a few times. Utah-BYU. Okay. So, yeah. It's been a, I, I, yeah, it's happened. 
So that week, really quick, if we're going to discuss that week, because this podcast, you're going to treat folks. This might be like over 90 minutes total. <laughs> but if we go to week six, really quick, there's a couple games that could be game days. Well, you have Florida State, Miami, which is always a contender. Texas, Oklahoma, the Red River, River shootout. I'll call it a shootout because that's what I grew up calling it, going to that game sure. once or twice. Um, you also have one or two others here. Um, maybe, maybe, where'd it go? I scrolled down. I saw it. I'm going. Oh, maybe that's it. Those are the only two real big games. I guess Iowa State. No, never mind. I might include Iowa State. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Washington, UCLA, if Chip Kelly does something. But there, there's a decent chance that they're both undefeated. LSU, Florida, I guess, as well, Gainesville. So there's that, but. We'll see. Yeah, that's there, there's opportunities that week if they're both undefeated. Yeah, I mean Texas, Oklahoma. Jeez. Um, what, what if both of those teams are five and one? Texas is going to be five and one. Come on. No. Okay. Um, Notre Dame's at Virginia Tech. That's the other one I was looking at. Yeah. So um, we'll see. But there's there's a decent chance. I'll just say that. There's a decent chance, yeah. Is that game on I, ESPN, the Boise State game? Do you have that in front of you? Uh, it's T, it's TBD, so I think kind of ESPN so itself would be, is yeah. kind of it's a home it, game. It's, it's going to be on the ESPN networks because of Boise State, but um, it's that's the only game that's I think completely TBD on their schedule. That makes sense because the one game they don't have, it's not going to be that game. That's going to be like CBS or something else. So, right. Well, and BYU is also TBD, but um, but that's at BYU. No, no, it's not. No, 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 it's, no, it's in, it's in Boise. Sorry, because I was at the game last year in Provo, so never mind. All right, so let's move on to Nevada. Can I say this? This is the probably the game I think is most likely to beat be, be Boise State. You can say that, and I will counter by saying last year I applied to write at Mountain West Wire in the middle of the season. <laughs> One of the impetus was you picked Nevada. You didn't pick them to beat Boise State, but you impassionately picked them to cover the spread, which, of course, they did not. Yeah. Here's here's my – hear me out. It is, again, August uh, – was it today's August 9th, 10th, whatever it may be. Here's my reason why I'm saying that. And it's the reason – maybe it's me thinking they're going to be better than they are. If you could score a lot of points, and last year didn't prove me right. I don't. It's a road game, which is it is difficult to go to Reno and win at Mackey Stadium. I just think it's, it's a lot of ifs. Nevada arguably could have the best statistical season offensively in the conference. I don't think that's out of the question for that to happen. That doesn't mean they will go nine and three or ten and two or twelve and zero. They still may go five and seven and lose game sixty four to sixty because that defense is dreadful, even with Malik Reed. I just think they their offense at potential can cause a lot of craziness. And that's why I think there is a chance. And it's a rivalry game, as you know. It's, they don't like each other right. and stuff. So there's whatever. There's stuff that happens here and there because of that. But that's my point why I, I'm going to pick Boise State to win. But I think Nevada will give them some trouble because I think they're in a groove end of last year. And whatever they do at the beginning of the season, I think they will be playing well enough on offense. It's just that... Boise might just score a touchdown on every single drive. That's a problem. They might it might be seventy to forty five with Boise State winning, and they <laughs> score ten to ten touchdowns, or yeah, they score ten drives, seven touchdowns, whatever. Get to seventy points, ten touchdowns. Yeah, but you get my point. It might be just this great crazy shootout, but it's going to be Nevada is going to be causing them trouble, scoring points against, or still a really good defense. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's where I can envision if I'm going to. Try to find a way for Nevada to get a win. If they even do, it'll be because they just their offense is on fire, which I think it could be at times next this year. How many interceptions did 
Ty Gangy threw last year. Total? Kyle, what? 11, right? Uh, okay. I'm not looking at it right now, but a decent amount. More than he'd yeah, okay, like. Yeah, so I just pulled it up 11. Okay, so I think the, the score will be something like 45 to 28. Because I think Boise State is just going to score it well. Yeah. And I think Nevada is going to have problems. And they'll probably turn the ball over once or twice. They and, will. Um, like, I mean, I think you might have a moment in the third quarter where the score is like 35-21 and Nevada is driving and, you know, just trying to get a little bit worried mm-hmm. and then – little hope. Yeah, a little hope and um, get a little nervous. But I, I, I think Boise State's going to win by two touchdowns and maybe even more because if you – I don't think Nevada's going to have the best offense in the Mountain West. I actually think that's a little ludicrous to say that. Really? I, I think they'll be in the top five. But well, top five is barely top half. Come on. <laughs> okay, fine. They'll be. I think they'll be in the top three. I think it'll be Boise State and Fresno State will be the top two. And then if you want to put Nevada, like you know, kind of as a two A, because I don't know exactly how. I, I don't want to go too far on the limb and know exactly how Rippin and the wide receiving crew will shake out. But I think that's probably going to be the best offense. And I think Fresno State will definitely probably be right up there. Might be better than Boise State. And um, I don't. Uh, I don't know anybody else on Nevada's offense other than Kelton Moore. Who who else is on their offense? Dray- they have Draymond Rax, good wide receivers. They have Ty, okay. Ty Ganji. You ever heard of that guy? No, no. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we talked about him a second ago. No kidding. Uh, but here's the thing. In Oct- when you look at October and November for Nevada, that is, um, what's that, Set eight games for them? Almost their whole seven games. They were, they had, in passing yards alone, they had 1,800 passing yards. Or no, not 1,800, sorry, 2,200 passing yards in two months, in eight, in seven games. Looking at anybody else, and this when they started clicking, you had, let's look at CSU had a really good passing attack. They had 1,100 yards in October, and then they had only 724 in November. More, they had more passing yards in Boise State in that time as well. By Well, they're about the same, about even. So they're basically the best passing offense for the second half of the season. And so well, that's that's why I'm thinking they have and they have a good running back too, Kelton Moore. So that's why I'm that's why I'm saying like I wouldn't be shocked. They may not be the best team or offense to overall, like just points per game, but I think like total yards, it's part of their offense too. It's a reason they'll pass a lot. That's why I'm saying they could be the best statistical offense. Doesn't mean they're gonna win every game. I just think if the last if the second half of last year is as good as if it carries over, they're gonna be pretty hard to beat. That's why I'm thinking there's a maybe fifteen percent chance they win this game. Okay, I mean, that's the thing. 15% chance to win the game, that's pretty reasonable. I mean, you know, Boise State's not going to have a 90% chance to win every single game. So I guess on the road, I'm not going to argue with that on that. Um, Let me read you one sentence from Athlon's um, preview of Nevada. Okay, here's a sentence that they have. The defense gave up 33.9 points game last season and heads into 2018 with uncertainty up front and at cornerback. <laughs> That's like my concern. That is not a good no, it's not to be describing the team. I, I no, I understand that completely. I'm just saying I'm t- I, I'm sticking my points to your offense. Come on, can you score points? But that's why that's why I said they could give up 10 straight touchdowns against in, against Boise State in 10 straight drives. Okay, let's look at the schedule. Okay, um, I, I, Boise State's overall schedule. Uh, okay, so I would, I think we kind of agree that the toughest game is going to be Oklahoma State, and then we got San Diego State and Fresno State in whatever order. I have Troy. Then, would you say Nevada would then be the fifth toughest game? I put Nevada over Troy as a tougher game. You put Nevada over Troy. Mm-hmm. But they'd clearly be behind San Diego State. I'd put Nevada behind Wyoming. 
I'd put Wyoming tougher than Nevada. See, then you get then you get into a little bit of scheduling quirks because Wyoming's coming off the bye week and Nevada's coming after the San Diego State game. Both games are on the road. Yeah, that's why Boise's still going to win. Uh, it's it'll be it'll be interesting. I just think Nevada will be tougher than people think. I, I think Wyoming will be a tougher game. I just think a tougher defense can just cause more variables. Than oh a tougher. yeah, and with the way they get turnovers and maybe get those pick sixes back. So let's move on to CSU. Right. Um, do you want to have a 10 second laugh before we begin this because of what happened last year or what do you need oh, to compose yourself? Oh man, I listened to your Colorado State podcast. Hey, if you're a Boise State fan listening to this, go listen to that Colorado State podcast. There's a couple of great moments in it when Jeremy just says that Colorado State blew their best chance to be someone that mattered. And Jeremy, for some reason, left out the fact that he was pretty vocally predicting that Colorado State would go to the Peach Bowl last year. Yeah, I was. They were, hey, and... I will say, people laughed at me to say Nick Stevens wouldn't be better than Josh Allen. He was better than Josh Allen last year. I had people, right. they're like, Brett Rippin, Josh Allen. I'm like, no, look at Nick Stevens. I was not wrong by what Nick Stevens did last year. Okay, you were right on the Nick Stevens point, but wrong on everything else with Colorado oh, State. Please. They lost a boy. They were a team, like, they had potential to do that. They got, they played terrible over CU. There were questionable offensive stuff, but they also only scored like seven points for the officials, some PI stuff, which. I'm not going to blame it, but Colorado wasn't good. You should be able to score against them. They had the potential to be that good, and their offense clicked a lot and did well. But, hey, I could be wrong. Come on. It's like how what – what, what would you rather be remembered for? Saying, oh, Boise's going to win 11 games every year? That's easy. Come on. CSU, go 12-0. and 0. I stuck with <laughs> – I stuck with it, and there's reasons to believe that was a possibility at times. Okay, so what did they finish last year? Were they 9-3 and three or were they 8-4 and four last year? I think they won seven games, maybe. Let me look and see. Oh, no, no, you're right. They won seven They won seven and five. Yeah, and so it, it's... It, it felt, wheels fell off a little bit, but I, I'm just saying, like, when you saw certain parts of the game, like, there's reason to believe they could be that good. Mike Bubble is just terrible in bowl games and rivalry games. I think he has one victory ever against Wyoming, Boise, Colorado, and bowl games. I think he has one victory ever in that subset. Well, I'm looking at the schedule last week, okay, last year, okay. So Alabama, they got blown out. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. No worries. Mm-hmm. They lost that snow game in Wyoming. Fine. They lost that close game to Boise State. So that's – okay, so we're getting, we're excusing them for three. I thought the Colorado uh, for game was kind of closer. 17-3, that's not a good score to have. And then that Air Force game is inexcusable. Yeah, the Air Force won when they weren't that good last year. That was, that was an issue. That was the uh, – was that the end of the season game where they – Trying to think when that was. Um... No, that was in um, week nine. Okay, week, week nine. So yeah, yeah. It's. I just felt they had they had stuff going for them. Like the snow game, they should have been able to win that game. That they had the running game to do it, but it's just like I, I don't know. It's just like they beat Nevada in a shootout. They squeaked by New Mexico, but part of it was we look at it, man. Like after New Mexico, Air Force, Wyoming, Boise. It's. I was wrong. What can I say? But. Their offense. No, you're right. I mean, you know, you're right. You have to put yourself out there in Colorado State. I mean, sorry, I lost. <laughs> I mean, did you pick, did you predict them to win in Alabama last year? Or were you? No, saying- no, no, no. I did not. Um, I was hoping it was like a. I don't remember what I said, but I probably would have said somewhere like a 17 point loss would have been probably best case scenario, which it almost was essentially. You know, if they were 11 and one, and you saw that score 41 23, and that's not the worst thing in the world. No, but he scored 23 points against Alabama. That was more than half the schedule, probably. Right. I, um, you know, I know that we are kind of running long, but. Um, <laughs> Very, it's fine. We're good. 
<laughs> I mean, I, are we at the point of no return? Um, I was in last year. That game's always going to be a little bittersweet for me because I actually was in Denver last year during that game. I, and the government put me up. I, I work for the government, the federal government. And they, so, you know, I was in a hotel. They were putting me up, giving me per diem. And, you know, I was at a training course and they gave me tickets to this game. But they, um, Boise State played Colorado State during a holiday weekend. I think it was Veterans Day weekend. And um, I had a friend, a girl, come visit me. And, um, you know, we wanted to go have fun, do whatever. Priorities, so, right? Yeah. So I, um, I was trying to convince her, like, hey, we're going to go up to this college town and hang out. And she's like, well, what are we going to do? I'm like, we're going to go to a football game. She's not a college football fan. Uh-oh. And she's like, well, is it going to end early? I'm like, probably not because <laughs> the game's going to start at 9, nine. 9 o'clock local time. Yeah, good luck with yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's going gonna, it's gonna to run really late. And it's going to get out at midnight. My voice is going to be gone. And so I, I just ended up giving away the tickets and um, watching the game from the hotel bar in Denver. And um, I could have been there. So, I mean, that you could have You could have been crying in the first half and crying for joy in the second half. Oh, well, do you know what the worst would have been is if me and her went to the game and she just complained and convinced me yeah. to leave at halftime. I, that, I know. It's, you're like, it's fine. We're losing. It's, you're terrible. The, it's like the Kurt Gibson thing. It's like, what? The, you see all the cars parked trying to go back inside or something? Right, right. <laughs> I would have had to delete my Twitter account if I did that. Oh, boy. I mean, no, you just don't tell people about it. That's what you do. Yeah, right. All right, but, so let's move on. We should move on because okay. we do need to get going here because right, this, I am going to make this one long podcast. So you guys are going to suffer for two hours of this. So. <laughs> And then we can all be people complaining. Then here's the thing. Boise State fans can't say I hate their team anymore because they have some reason, some do. I don't know why. But I think you're I think um you've taken over the Utah State fans hit you, right? That's that's kinda of been there for a while for some reason. They just okay, don't like, I didn't know about that, but I guess um, it's maybe. they just they we're not gonna get into it now. They're just um very I'll just say some of them are sensitive. Okay. Which <laughs> it's whatever. Okay. So real quick, um so CSU game actually um Boise should win because if we if we could go back to our CSU show with Matt, we kind of break these down a little bit here and there. But basically, probably KJ Carter Samuels quarterback. We don't know. We'll call and he'll be ready by then. I don't know. The only real chance the Rams have, honestly, for me is Izzy Matthews, Bodie running very well. But I don't think that'll be enough. I, you know, it will have to take something like Boise State game against. Utah State, like, what is that, three or four years ago where they, for some reason, turned the ball over seven times in the first half? It'll, it'll take something like that for Colorado State to win this game. I, I wouldn't go that far, but with their quarterback situation being up in the air in the moment and probably fluid and losing Michael Gallup, it'll, it'll take a lot. Something something like that. Like Or look what Utah okay, State. you're right. Utah State versus BYU. Jalen Davis has three pick sixes, something like that, which is still outrageous. So then you go to Air Force, which we know their triple option is. Is it still an issue with Boise State fans? Is that still a problem defensively? It'll always be a problem because <laughs> every it, it team said ever before Air Force came came along. It was a problem, you know, b- before I was going to Boise State. Like you know, just looking up, like it was a problem when they played Rice, and um, so it will always be a problem. I will never feel confident enough to say that the triple option is not a problem. It's a problem. That's why I always say when they play any team that's really good, just let Air Force recover no matter what. <laughs> Almost any time. So this game, they should have their same quarterback. It's on the road. Let's just say, let's like, Boise's, I think their defense is good enough to be fine and win this game. People are saying Air Force isn't going to be very good because their advanced numbers aren't favorable to them because they lose a lot of talent or players and, and just pure numbers and c- contributions. But they always have JV football. They always bring in a brand new offensive line and they're fine. This'll, be, this game will be fine. It'll be entertaining because what Air Force does. But Boise should, I think, win this game because Air Force. 
is not their defense is always their issue. It's every year. If their defense is average or really good, and their defense is not going to be average because they lose a lot of players. So, oh, wait, I'm just reading about Air Force. I, I, I'm, I was just, I was so little worried about Air Force. I figured I'd just quickly scan their roster while you were talking. Um, so McVeigh is gone, and mm-hmm. that's a big deal. <laughs> that is a big deal because he kind of, he he was a player um, last year, and so and they bring him back Workman and it doesn't matter who their wide receivers are since they don't throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So I don't, what's going on with their defensive coordinator? I remember you touched on that. We don't know. I, we don't know. I, I Googled that immediately because the, so for people that are, that don't know what I'm talking about, Jeremy said during um, one of the podcasts that Air, Air Force, Force doesn't preview. have a defensive coordinator. Yeah. So the crazy thing about that, like I was just looking around. I'm like, where is it? What's going on? Like me and Matt Rich are like, oh, maybe it's going to be this guy who's an assistant head coach. He's now labeled as that a, I think the D-line coach. And I was like, just kind of half kidding. Is it government secrets? Maybe he hasn't told us. The next day, they have like the state of Colorado has a big, some sort of a, every every head college football coach in the state just has some lunch with us questions. And that was brought up. I'm like, our timing could not be better that we discussed this already. But he, <laughs> he has he just isn't saying. Um, he didn't say at media days. He hasn't said at practice. I don't think he said at practice yet at the moment. I should check in that. But he they are not saying what their defensive coordinator position, like who it is or what it is, or if there is going to be one. Well, <laughs> I'm, so I'm assuming they have all like, I don't know, is it nine paid coaches? They have all nine paid coaches, right? I they just don't have one person named a defensive coordinator. You can have 10 coaches. So let's look into that real quick. Um, so are you, are you scared about this game at all? How does this make you, how does this game kind of, what do you think about it? I don't want to say I'm not scared just because air force has earned that respect, I guess. Um, no, no, but I'm not scared. Why would I be scared? I mean, they're just I a mean, tricky team to play. I'm not scared, but not scared, but like just kind of. There's always concern with this offense where they could always bust out three big plays and have scored 21 points in like 90 seconds because they have an 80 yard touchdown run, or the opposite where they take 14 minutes to do a 15 play drive. Well, right, because if you say the best part of a Boise State's defense is that defensive line, even though Boise State's secondary is really well, really good as well. I mean, when you play against a triple option, it either kind of nullifies the defensive line, or you know, it just makes them play in a different type of skill set than they're used to playing. I always just say this: when you play, when you play this type of team, you can you always have to do the same play no matter what. You cannot take one. You, you get if you're that nose tackle. Sorry, buddy, you got to take the full back dive every time in the face. Because one time you take the step to the left, they're going to burn you up the middle for 30 yards. What do you think about Workman as a passer? Can he can he throw for 150 yards if he has to? He's done it a few times, but they don't have a guy like Jalen Robinette. Mm. So that's a problem. Like They don't have a great um, pass catcher. Even it might be four for 60, like that huge yards per catch ratio, but – he could pass okay, but I it's obviously they don't I don't think they have a receiver who can do anything what he could do, which he's probably arguably their best receiver ever. Outside of like maybe uh who was a Chad not Chad Lewis, um I forget who it was. He played every position, was in the Eagles for a while in the NFL. Um look at their coaching stuff really quick. They seem to have more than ten coaches here. How's that possible? Well, you could have a bunch of guys that are like unpaid or like th- th- you can only have a certain amount of guys yeah. that are that are paid on the field coaches during games. There's a coach assistant backfield. What does that entail? <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to assume that, well... <laughs> Obviously, that running not... back coach, but it's it's a, <laughs> his, his official title is assistant backfield. Is that defensive backfield or a running backfield? Offensive backfield assistant coach. <laughs> <laughs> 
So here's who they have real quick. Troy Calhoun, one, head coach. Um, Jake Campbell, the assistant backfield coach. Tim Cross, who I'm assuming is a D.C. because he's assistant head coach, D-line coach. Assistant offensive line coach, Jordan Easton. Nick Jones, tight end. Whatever the Spurs coach is. Off, I, I don't know. I, I, this is not going to sound well if we go through all these and do this because what the heck is the Spurs coach? I don't know. So you know I, Greg, is it named after Greg Popovich since he went to the academy? I don't know. Is that just like a formation that they run? I don't. I don't know what that is. It says Brian Knorr enters his first year as coach of the Spurs and is in his third stint with the Air Force football program. Um, he, oh wait, we may have found the defensive coordinator here. Possibly, he was a DC at Wake Forest. Okay. At some point, <laughs> I'm just saying we're looking for clues. Um, it's just labeled okay defensive assistant, and well, and he's a new hire this year. Uh, maybe it's a Hail Mary by Troy Calhoun, so an opposing team doesn't go look at their defensive coordinator, then go look at Wake Forest tape. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I need to look at I, this. Is, it's a good thing you brought up. I should look at this later, maybe do some article on it this week. But um, So Boise State wins, right? That's our game plan? Yeah, Boise State wins. I think it's going to be one of those like stressful like 12-point victories where it doesn't really feel good until there's like three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Because So I, I'm going to go 12-point Boise State stressful victory. All right, so then we got BYU at home. Um, I'm, start, I'm starting to cover BYU again for another job. So let's just yep. say this. Um, quarterback situation up in the air. Running back, who knows? Receivers are still garbage. Because So last year was not a one-off. A little, but not much. Here's the thing. Quarterback competition, competition coming behind Tanner Mangum, um, a senior, true freshman. You know, Zach Wilson was possibly going to Boise State. Right. He point. was supposed to go to Boise State. Yeah, it was supposed to. He, it's going to be between him and Man- Tanner Mangum. So it's true freshman, senior on the way out. What are you going to do? Um, Dylan Colley, who we know from Hawaii, is going to be their, like, their top receiver. or But he wasn't very wasn't amazing at Hawaii. Defense, they have a new offensive staff at BYU. So... And they have a pretty tough first half of the schedule when they play like Wisconsin um, and a few other teams that are pretty good. But I don't see how BYU can win this game because I don't think they're there yet because they are going to struggle to make a bowl game. I agree with that. I, I want to really quickly look at BYU's schedule. Are, are they just playing a bunch of hard teams before Boise State? Or do they get are, are they catching a bye week right before they play Boise State or um, something crazy? Not sure about a bye week. I do know their November home schedule is always a point of contention because everybody hates it because mm. it's usually UMass, East Carolina, right, McNeese right. State. Because who are you going to get in November? This year they get Utah, which is pretty cool. But their schedule at Arizona, hosting Cal, at Wisconsin, McNeese State, at Washington, <laughs> Utah State, Hawaii home, off week, NIU at home, then Boise State. So it's a it's a tough schedule. Well, okay. Well, just in regards to the Boise State game, they're going to be pretty well rested because they'll they'll be at home. Mm-hmm. Let's just say they go to Washington, get their brains kicked in, and then they come back home. They'll host um, Utah, Utah State. State and Hawaii. Split those games. Have a nice little week off. Mm-hmm. Northern Illinois is not good. Well, um, it does. It doesn't matter what they did five years ago. No, no their I, defense is pretty good. That's one thing I'll give them. Their defense is pretty good. How many games did they win last year? I don't know. They almost beat San Diego State. Uh, 
one, two, three, four, eight, five, five, six. Eight, yeah, five, okay, eight, eight, five. Eight, down year eight, for them five. as well. Down year for them, we should add. Okay, okay, okay. So maybe I'm underestimating Northern Illinois a little bit. But just so I guess the schedule. They're okay. They're okay, NIUS. So, okay, I. What's your take? What What do you think is BYU's. Um, what do, you, do you think they're going to finish um, 7-5 next year? Oh, man. They're not beating Arizona. I don't think they'll beat Cal, even though Cal's not good. No way they beat Wisconsin. They'll be 0-3. They'll be – they may not be – they're not going to beat Utah State, I don't think, this year. They could be sitting – honestly, when they play Boise State, I would not be shocked if they have two victories. With those being yeah. McNeese State, Hawaii. Now, can they beat Utah State? Maybe. Can they beat Cal? It's at home. Maybe because Cal's – they're okay. They're, I, they're honestly. I'm just not to whatever. No BYU fans listen to this really. But what I'm saying is, I wouldn't be shocked if they're sitting at two wins before they play at Boise State. Could they possibly be four and four? They could be NIU. I think that'd be three wins. They could be Utah State, maybe four. Yeah, there's a chance, but I, I that would be that that would be the best case scenario, right? Because they're not going to beat Northern Illinois, Utah State, and Cal, right? No, because even at Arizona, there's a small chance with Kevin Sumlin as new coach, but Kalil right, Tate right. will take care of them. Like, I, they could beat Cal. They'll beat McNeese. Well, they should beat McNeese State because they lost to East Carolina and UMass last year. So, just saying, like, the Cal could be a victory. McNeese State be two. Utah State could be a victory. Four. Best case is five. Like, extremely optimistic. We're only losing to Washington and Wisconsin and Arizona. So, they're probably. Probably three wins because I th- I see that's um, three wins probably is where I'd give the best chance. So Hawaii, McNeese, and then they'll grab Cal, Utah State, or Northern Illinois. One of them. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. Three, three games. Okay, so. that sounds fair. Um, really quickly since we're yeah, really quickly just, us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Since we're since we're just blowing through this podcast, um, uh, you know, with the Oregon, um, by scheduling Oregon, Boise State will not be playing BYU this year's. Ooh, isn't their schedule? What does that contract end? It wasn't like a twelve-year deal. Uh, it ends in twenty twenty-three. It will be the last year that BYU is on the schedule. So as of now, they do not have BYU on the schedule twenty twenty-four. And the reaction, the early reaction on Twitter has been kind of split. And I'm of the mind frame that this is a pretty good rivalry. BYU is still a good name to have on the schedule, so they're it's it's a good team to have. So in twenty twenty-four, they will definitely not be playing because Boise State it has Georgia Southern, Houston. Oregon and Cincinnati. They can add BYU back on the schedule, but um, with Hawaii's exception. Well, I think. Uh, let me see. Twenty twenty. Yeah, they could. They would be playing if, assuming that the Mountain West doesn't whatever implode. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right now, I guess they're predicted to play Hawaii in twenty twenty four. But this could be the end of the Boise State BYU rivalry. And I and I'm. I feel and okay it, calling it a rivalry, the building toward a rivalry, yeah. but that's something to be on the lookout for. And I think, I think the thing with BYU, and you could probably talk a lot more about this without making this a BYU podcast, but um, their football program is a lot in the air. Like if they keep winning five, six games a year, our team's gonna like our Arizona and Cal and Wisconsin gonna keep wanting to do home and homes with them. Not home and homes, two for one, neutral site, um, three for three for two, like uh, stuff like that. Um, part of it is it is a big name. You know you're going to be on ESPN, which if you're at a Big Ten, what's a big deal you already are essentially. But sure. it's that's true. There is a diminishing return if you're only winning three to five games. Also, I think why they will still be on the schedule, it's like you mentioned, who knows, half hour ago whenever we discussed this. Um, 
half these leagues or more than half have to want to play or ha- are required to play non-conference team that's considered a power five school. So that's why BYU could still maybe get these games, but they'll be basically, okay, we'll play a 2019 at our place. We'll come back to you in 2025. Something right. like that would be, there's wiggle room. Like they're still waiting for a, no- a Notre Dame or Notre Dame to return home games. They're still holding on to that to, because there was an agreement to have Notre Dame come back to Provo and play BYU has not been the case yet. And there's all sorts of stuff with their ACC deal that those playing USC, Stanford every year. Sure. It's tough to mix that in. That's seven games right there. So that it's, it's going to be tougher and tougher. Even though like I'm looking at their schedule now, they're pretty set through 2023, 2024. It gets iffy because really quick, not again, not to make it BYU, but really quick to your point. Exactly. 2024, Hawaii, Georgia Southern, East Carolina, UNLV, NC State. Oof. Just saying. Yeah. None of That's... those, like even NC State, they're they're just okay. Well, I think the thing with BYU is that they're a good name and they're going to have a lot of open dates at a school. I don't know, like a like a power five school can say, hey, let's just put BYU if something falls through. And so I think BYU will. Okay, they're not gonna. <laughs> they're not going to have NC State as a marquee game of their schedule. Well, no. hopefully not. No, so. they'll they'll probably have Utah. They'll probably I, the Boise State game. If there could be a year or two absence, just because of the way the scheduling yeah. works out, but it's going to be it's a long term thing. It's something their ads wanted to play Boise State continual as long as they can because a it's a good team and it's close to travel both fans like boise fans will come down the six seven hour drive each way they'll both make that or make the quick 45 minute flight this might just be you know kurt Apsey, the boise state ad flexing some muscle you know maybe it's a thing where like byu needs boise state more than um the other way around uh, depends if byu keeps going four nine yeah for sure mm-hmm. all right we could get caught up in this because first no state we need to get to fresno state Actually, really quick, New Mexico victory, right? At New Mexico win, nothing to talk about at all, even though they did beat Boise a few years ago. Wait, isn't New Mexico playing yeah. Boise State the week yeah, after? Yeah, let's just get, let's get that game out of the way. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, that's I, Bob Davey, he's getting rid of the triple option. And, is he, um, let me ask you this. Is he the head coach by Halloween? I think yes, only for the reason that New Mexico is – very very poor and they don't want to pay somebody new and he probably can coach and so and, and unless they get fired him for cause for that whatever the heck is going on off the field i think they'll probably keep him around till the end of the year but um i'm adamant he's gone before halloween he's not on the sideline on halloween because if 10 percent of what they said has been accused or alleged he should be gone yeah yeah okay so obviously for the off-field stuff i'm saying just football there's a chance he might just get failed. It might get fired for. Yeah, that too. Well, That's why the double whammy. You'll, okay, your right. bad, bad image and you're losing. Peace out. And no, he's he will not be the coach next season for sure. Okay. I, I just think New Mexico is, is no money. <laughs> to work no, out. no money. They're not going to sink money into a, a failing year. So I mean, maybe they keep him around. Maybe they don't. Maybe they throw in the towel by the time they um are traveling to Boise. I mean, it doesn't matter. They're going to get blown out. Um, triple option, no triple option. It's not going to go well for them. Yeah, the running game has been stagnant from last year. All right, so let's go. Let's get back to Fresno State. This is the one game I have not predicted for Boise State. Mm-hmm. At this moment, if you've heard my Utah State podcast with me and Matt, I have Boise State at the moment eleven and zero. Why should I? Why should I pencil in or pen in twelve and zero against Fresno State? 
Okay, so here's where it gets hard. I'm going to say in this podcast, I'm going to pick Boise State to win every single game. But if you ask me what I think their overall record will be, I'll probably say 11-1 and because I think either they'll lose to Oklahoma State or they'll beat Oklahoma State and probably drop another game. So it's two different questions. Do you think if you have to say is Boise State going to be twelve and zero or eleven and one? The smarter money says take eleven and one. <laughs> exactly. But if the question is who do you like better, Fresno State at Boise State and Boise Idaho, that so those are two different questions. I know it is, so I wanted to get the answer. Okay, let's just stick to the Fresno game itself. Why should I make Fresno State? Why should I pick Boise to beat Fresno State than just by itself? Because we've had this, me and Matt. Like Utah State, like yeah. I, I said, literally, like if you go just each game in a vacuum, I can see Utah State winning every single game. Will they? No, of course not. It's very difficult, and they've never done it before, I believe, unless it's some nineteen thirty-five team where they went seven and zero in like the Rocky Mountain Conference. So, as for this game itself, what like this will be a really good game. I like. I think I mentioned the Nevada game is the one to watch the most. I think they could be the most exciting. But we've seen Fresno and Boise play twice, two low-scoring games. Fresno's offense struggled because I think part of it, Jordan Mims' running game was still young last year. Marcus McMurray came in mid, basically mid-season during camp, I believe, or when the first week started. Right. I think, I think, and I'll say it when we talk about Fresno, the offensive difference for Fresno from last year to this year will be the biggest jump of any team in the conference just based on him. And they have probably arguably the best receiving group as well. So I think this game will not be what it was last year in either matchup. I think there'll be a lot of points. Well, maybe not a lot of points, but a lot of big plays offensively. Like it may be 35, 31, probably in the twenties, but this will be a hard fought game where offense gets a big play and both sides. Defense makes a big play. There'll be big plays on every aspect of this game. And this one makes it very difficult to pick. Very difficult. Before you make your pick, I'm going to give you a counterpoint. Yes, McMarion will have another year, and they'll have another year to just build an offense around here. But so will the rest of the conference have a year to build a defense to kind of have some more game tape on Jeff Tedford. Jeff Tedford, yeah. he's, he's a competent coach. He's not a good coach. And, I mean, you know, being competent was better than whatever Tim DeRuiter was doing. Oh so I think – he put a pro-style offense in there, got a good quarterback, and they had some pretty good athletes down the valley, and they had a good year. I don't think Fresno State's going to fall off the map, but I think they will take a step back next year. And when I say a step back, I think they'll probably go in four. Hmm. Um, they're going to be dangerous because Marcus McFarren is a good quarterback. He's a dynamic player, and Jeff Tedford is a competent coach. <laughs> so they, they'll do some things, and they got they got, they got got Jeffrey Allison, a few other guys on defense that could play. But I, I just don't think they'll be as consistent this year as they were last year. I think their defense will be, because they bring basically everybody back. That's where I get your button. Tedford's around, that they realize what he's doing, because he hasn't coached in forever when he came back last year. And so it's like it's like in baseball, this the guy comes up from double A, has like five right. great starts, goes like four and one, 1.2 ERA, and then he goes like four and six the rest of the way because, oh, he does this on this count. He, they figure him sure. out. And that's probably going to happen to a degree, but they also have a lot of talent is coming back. It's not – I would agree with you more had, say, they lose seven starters on defense. But they're okay. bringing basically everybody back where there's going to be both of that. These players are going to be better. They learn the system better, Just not just with McMarion, but it's just more comfortable what they're doing. However, they also lose, lost their defensive coordinator to a CFL team. And so and there's that I'm- as well. And I'm reading a note that says that they are losing some players up front. I, I don't – I'm going to admit that I don't know much more than that, but are, what's going on with their defensive line? I will need to look because I haven't studied enough on there. Um, I think that's where they lose most of their talent. Let me double-check, but 
I think it's two or three guys they're losing there. But again, if they lose, if that's the case, that gives a pretty good chance for our good old Madison to have a pretty good game against that Boise offensive line, which we discussed, which should be really good. Okay, so um, looking at FPI, Boise State has a 77.8% chance to win this game. That is a really high number for playing the second-best team, or maybe third-best team, depending on how you um, score San Diego's team in the conference. That's too hot. Really quick to defensive line. Yes, they lose basically everybody. Malik Forrester, Robert Stanley, Tobina Okeke, and Nathan Madsen, four of their top five. However, just to put... Play each give equal time here. The five guys behind them each each played last year twelve plus games. Okay, right. But their numbers obviously don't match up to the almost thirty TFLs lost or half a, a dozen sacks lost. So they're losing a lot of talent, which is huge. Also, to consider late in the year, these guys will play a lot. But everybody who's backup backups last year have played. But it's still a big loss. All right, so. It, one other thing that's uh, that's worth mentioning is it's a short week. Um, Fresno State plays at home. Oh, no, they travel to UNLV, come home, and then they play Boise State on Friday night. That's a big deal. And also, remember, UNLV beat Fresno last year. That's an anomaly. That's I'm a just small saying. Glimpse. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's a small glimpse of the inconsistency you get with Jeff Tedford. That's true. I, I don't know who to pick because we've seen they split both games. We've seen right. the difference at home and on the road. And we saw what happened with the Vanderish did pick it off McMarion to basically win the title game last year. I think the seven, seven to eight point margin's too high. Even though I do too. it's because this game is at Boise. This should be probably like a four at this point in August, like a four point game. I'm going to pick Boise to win, which means uh, undefeated, which crap. Come on. <laughs> it's, well, it's, no, you have your, you have your ace in the hole for the last game. Uh, I already talked about them, so it's it's you talk, people already know. But it's, right, right. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying to pick any team undefeated, it's just dumb, right? But it's like every game, there's their favorite twin except for Oklahoma State, and that's I think that forty percent on that game is too low. But Boise could win because the defensive line Fresno is not there. But I just I th- I think the offense will be much better for Fresno State because Big Marion has that time, and so. It's going to be a game like like the past two games. It'll be close. That's all I could say. It's this game's freaking November tenth. No, That's four well, months away. <laughs> and I think um, so here here's the thing. I I think that the I, I look at the San Diego State game and the Fresno State game a little bit differently. I think in, in the San Diego State game, I, I kind of think that it's just going to be two guys stepping in the ring and trading blows, and I think Boise State will just barely come out the victor. With Fresno State, I think Boise State's the better team and should win, but it's like. You know, Fresno State has enough trick punches up its sleeve that, you know, McMarion, if he could have a great game, if that defense has a good game, if Rippon is not at his A game, if he even brings in a B game, that's something to be worried about. If Boise State has a key player injured. So I, I think that, that this game is a little bit tricky because I just don't know what Jeff Tepper is going to bring to the table in November of next year. Well, it's true. Maybe, maybe he's learned a lot. It's going to do some changes and may, do – not that he does a lot – trick type plays or schemes but like you said he's a competent coach not a great coach one thing we do know they mentioned the court Mike Matt will bring this up a lot the quarterback stuff yes he's known for Aaron Rodgers he somehow got um Kyle, Kyle Bowler a first round pick <laughs> with the Ravens so he's pretty good at quarterbacks I won't say amazing great but what he's really good at 
running backs, Javad Best, uh, Marshawn Lynch. And so that's another area where Jordan Mims, the running back, who will have another year. That's where another area where I think the offense could improve because he's a really good guy coaching running backs. But I'm still going to take Boise because they're at home. But it's a toss-up. That's all I can do. Just like a flip of the coin, who's going to win this game? And I guess my side has a Bronco on it. They're going to win. I, you know, um, if I, I would say that the spread would be about two points, maybe two point five, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you know traditionally you give a team that has the home field advantage. So yeah, I mean, I would say that close to being a toss up. I just think that, I think Tedford, you know, and I kind of um, alluded to this with Rocky Long. You kind of know what you're going to get with Rocky Long. You know, he's probably going to win nine games. And they're going to have a strong running game. I, I don't know what Tepper's going to have. I think, it, you know, it won't be stunning if Fresno State goes 7-5 and five next year. I think it's more likely that they go 8-4 and four or 9-3. and three, But, you know, they could take a step back and, um, you know, their offense might not be as explosive as it was. I mean, Fresno State was terrible two, just two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one game, one victory. So, right. All right, let's move on to the Utah State game really quick. Because Utah State, they're a team, if you hear me talk about I still don't know where to put them. Utah State fans are like we mentioned before, they're sensitive, they're picky, they're a very defensive group. Because, like, me, we picked them, I think, fourth in our preseason poll. Media picked them fourth. I felt CSU was too high for some reason. I think it's CSU. Or no, Wyoming was too, that was odd. But, until they can prove it for me, they are, I believe, 1-12 in, in one possession game, so eight points or fewer. 1-12 in, in the past three years, I want to say, or two years they got to turn that around if they're going to expect me to say, yeah, you're going to win eight or nine games or even challenge against Boise, Fresno, or San Diego State. You know, here's the thing that I don't understand about Utah State. And I've, I talked to one of our writers, Logan, about this just briefly. But um, they, I get the sense that Utah State fans are expecting to go 9-3. and three. They're thinking they're going to lose to Michigan State and Boise State and maybe to drop one other game and then win every other game on the schedule. I think that's possible, but thinking that that's, chalk for them I, I don't know no. they're not playing San Diego State or Fresno State I don't think that's going to happen no look at it though like when they played last year like they split quarterback with Jordan Love and um, Kent Myers but like look at a couple games last year like they not even competitive outside of the first quarter versus Wisconsin I get that you get beat out by an okay Wake Forest team they're just weird because they crushed San Jose State which is expected but 61 points is really good against any team you play the BOE game was different, but like the game I'm really looking at is like UNLV. They have a big lead in, in um, are they they're down twenty eight twenty one or something twenty eight. So it's, they basically they had to score like forty points in a row to beat UNLV. Like they had these games with these huge swings, and so it's like even the Air Force game that was thirty eight thirty five. That's kind of back and forth. They just seem to get themselves in a hole, or they get a big lead and let teams come back. And so okay, and it's just hard. They're not for me. They're just not. They're too inconsistent to have a good read on them. So I'm saying like a bowl game. Probably I could see it coming together. Defense is finally getting somewhat close when Gary Anderson was there. They need a running attack because they have none. Maybe this new offense, newish offense with David Yost in year two, the the basically kind of Oregon esque type offense they want to run back with the Chip Kelly type deal where you run fast, you have three to four wide up, but you still run a lot. Maybe that's coming into fruition, but their defense hasn't been what it has been in years, and their offense has been inconsistent. Part of an injury at quarterback, going back to Chucky Keaton a couple years ago, who's now back on staff, but they've been so inconsistent, it's hard for me to get a good read. So to say Utah State fans, it's your team. Say what you want, but to make mark down eight wins guaranteed, I cannot do it for this team. No, I think eight wins too much. And um, 
okay, their defense is going to be pretty good, but their offense is going to be pretty we don't uneven. Know. Yeah. I think I, I think seven wins. Okay, if you I, I, you can convince me to seven, and this is the reason why because I think they don't play San Diego State or Fresno State, and Wyoming and Colorado State, who they both lost to last year, are taking a step back. You want to give them a victory there, you know? You could talk me into seven wins, but I think saying like you know nine wins, eight wins, I I think that's a little foolish. Here's the thing, my you heard our my Utah State prediction, right? Yeah. Their, their show, so you're calling me foolish for me going nine and three. Here's the thing. When you, it, it's again, we look at games in a vacuum. It's easy, like it's why I said, to be honest, when you look at Utah State's schedule, outside of Michigan State, they could beat, I think they could beat any team, even Boise State. Very difficult on the road, but it, it wouldn't be this overly Howard over UNLV upset if they were to beat Boise State at home. Pretty big, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't put it like Stanford over USC, whenever that was with Jim Harbaugh. Very right. unlikely, but like, really quick, Utah State, like, they're not going to beat Michigan State, but New Mexico State. That should be a victory. New Mexico State loses a lot in offense. Tennessee Tech, obviously, victory. Air Force at home should be fine. We already discussed how BYU, who knows what's going on with their offense. UNLV's an iffy game, but it's at home. Like, there's like, it's tough. Like, they could lose UNLV. They could lose that Wyoming. They could, they could, I, they, I could see them winning seven games. I went nine and three because I do believe they're going to be better. But the, I, 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 pro- I probably was, and I realize now, probably too optimistic for them. But when you play like UNLV at home, that should be a win. At Wyoming, probably should be a loss, but I put them at nine and three, so I'm gonna stick with it because that's what I do. Did you pick them to beat at? Col- I'm assuming you picked you picked them to beat Colorado State. No, the road? I, no, that was a loss. Uh, that's okay. So that's the third loss. So here's the problem. It's the same thing with the way I'm picking Boise State. I think that Boise State. Okay, let's just say for like a quick math equation, I think Boise State has about a ninety percent chance to win every game. Okay, let's just say for the sake of this example. So if I say that, that means that means they go twelve and zero. But if you look at an aggregate total, that probably puts them at eleven victories. And I think you kind of fell into that trap here with Utah State. Like, if you had to say who's going to win, Utah State at Wyoming. You know, you went with Utah State. Fine. No one's going to hold you against that. I'd say that's probably a 60% chance, maybe 55. Yeah, really quick. I, I go to FPI real quick, just kind of back you up here. They are, their projected win loss is 10.0 to 2.7 because they're projecting a title game appearance. Ooh, okay. Now I'm seeing, yeah. Percent chance of winning out right now, 2.7. They're only, give, they're basically given barely a coin flip to win the conference, to win the conference at 55%. So that's something we're probably going to look at this year a lot more because that's a fun stat to look at, like percentage of winning out. And if I go to Utah State, I, I'm going to guarantee those numbers are like, let me take, I'm, without looking, I'm going to say Utah State's win out will be like 0.2. Okay, I'm looking at it right now. No, it's zero. Oh, it is zero? Okay. I was just okay. like, zero. Okay. When you only go one decimal deep, that's hard. it's not as accurate <laughs> as it could be. Like, give, give me a hundredth place at least. Come on. So Okay. okay. What do you think their chances of winning the conference is? Well, I have it here now, 6%. Okay, so yeah, six point four. And you look at that number versus Boise State. That is a bright red number. It's um, Boise State. I okay. Utah State has a seventeen point nine percent chance of beating Boise State. That is not as good of a number. If you think that's a good number, that is not a good number. If you're under thirty, that means you basically need some type of you need some type of scenario like what happened three years ago, where Boise State just kept on giving the ball to Utah State every possession. Yeah, and looking at the FPI and ESPN, they predict. Utah State to win ten. Not, not sorry, not predict to win ten games, but they're um, favored to win ten games. Yeah, right, right. And only two are in the fifty percent range. 
that, two are on the fifty percent, and Colorado State sixty six point one. Yeah, but like, but that Wyoming game is a coin flip. And that's it's what I mean. Wyoming. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I mean. Like, there's reason why Boise, or excuse me, Wyoming, yeah, Utah State fans are so optimistic when you look at these advanced numbers. Like, even I don't have FPN in front of me. I won't go to it, but. That's why I'm looking through. It's like, yeah, I can see the beat at Wyoming. Well. That's a possibility. Like, Wyoming's offense is terrible. So, yeah, it, it, I, Wyoming's offense is terrible. I, I don't think Utah State's offense is too much better. I mean, it's better. True. They need a running game. That's what they need. If they're going to, if like, to make the argument, if they're going to beat Boise State, Jordan Love is going to take a step further this year because he's not, there's nobody looking over his shoulder. They need to find a running game. Because don't you find it odd? Devontae Mays, two years ago, got hurt played poorly, gets drafted by the Packers, and is having an impact on that team as a seventh-round pick. So what what was there? Was it coaching? Was him being hurt? There, it's, if you think, it's a lot of inconsistent quarterback play. I mean, there's that too. There's a lot of different things. So it, that's where it comes to. If it's going to be Jordan Love, which it will be, if it's him and only him, Rontavian Carver is really good. They have probably arguably the best tight end in the conference. The offense is coming together. Raymond. Yeah, if they have a good running game, if all this come together – like, there's a chance they, they they've done it before against Boise State. Is it likely? Probably not. But if the offense comes together and it's the final game of the year, hopefully things have gone well for them. They've any issues they figured out for any team in the conference since Thanksgiving weekend. And if the defense does improve, I'm not going to say they're going to win, but it's going to be a good game. And but I'm still going to take Boise State because they're at home and they're proving more. Like I said, okay, well, when those when, think... when those close games, and I'll pick you, Utah State. But until you do, I can't. Okay, well, I think, I think the chance. Okay, is there a chance if if Boise State and Utah State played a hundred times on the blue turf, will Utah State win one or more of those games? Yes, of course, they'll probably win at least fifteen percent. <laughs> but are they going to win this no, no. football game for all practical purposes? No, they're not. Probably and not. I'm going to needle Matt. Matt's not on this podcast, and Uh-oh. Boise State's not going to pull a Fresno State and you know go eleven and zero and then lose the last oh. game of the year. David fails Black Friday. A zillion points, BCS, poof. <laughs> Boise State is not going to do that at home to Utah State. That one, I, I'm going to put myself on the line and say that. I will say this. I would give Utah State a better chance to San Jose State team if they were to play again, essentially, if we go back in time. Well, okay, you're only comparing Utah State versus San Jose State in this circumstance. That's what I'm saying. I, like, I'd give... I, I say that Fresno State's... Football psyche has been a weak team over the last decade and a half. They don't win the big game. Oh, please. Boise every State every time they complete... play Boise State, that happens. <laughs> Almost every time. Sorry, last year they did well. The one they time. did well, and they also got um, uh, they got Boise State um when they showed Derek Carr's girlfriend crying over and over. So um, so they, they, I guess they won two big games, but um. Yeah, okay, we've talked about Utah State enough. They have a small chance, and it's extremely small, and um, their offense is going to have to be as good as they could be to have a chance. To keep up, yeah. It's And looking overall at the schedule, like, it's a tougher game. Like, it's tougher than – here's the uh, interesting thing. Oh, no, that's not – I'm sorry. I'm, I'm incorrect on that. I was looking at those backwards. But that game, like, it's um, somehow uh, – Nevada, it's a road game, so I'm not going to go down this road. But – it's going to be a challenging game. That's what I'm going to say. But Boise should win. So you have um, – what's your official record? Is it 12-0? and 0? Yeah, but it's, it's that same it thing. It sucks where, to where... say 12-0. and 0. You know what I mean? It's like, oh. No, I mean it's, it's it's hard to say 12-0 and 0 and come off like the way that we're doing it here. We're going down every single game. The only game that I kind of wavered on was Oklahoma State. I said that San Diego State's going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not going to go on record and say, hey, Boise State's going to lose this game because I don't think they're going to lose the game. 
I don't think I don't want to pick a specific team, but I think that if you look at it as an aggregate total, they will probably go either eleven and one or twelve and zero. Here's the thing: there are like not there are games like here's the games they could lose: Oklahoma State they could lose, at Wyoming they could lose, San Diego State they can lose, Fresno State they could lose. Those are the four most likely losses on the schedule. Are they going to lose all four? No. Like Utah State's below that, and so is Nevada, even though I, I, I'm probably too high in Nevada. But I'm just saying, those four games, you'd probably agree with me, those are the four toughest games and four likely losses if there are losses. But they're you know, not the, going to lose all four of those games. That's a point. Well, okay, so this is this is the way I look at it, okay? I put Oklahoma State, San Diego State, and Fresno State in one category mm-hmm. and say that worst-case scenario, they lose two of those games. Yeah. And then I put all the other games in another category and say the worst-case scenario, they lose one of those games. So Boise State's worst-case scenario, barring some type of, like, off-the-field collapse or engineer in, mm-hmm. injuries or something like that, is 9-3. and three. And then you look at the flip side of that, and I think I think – not only is it like a Utah State beating Boise State type of thing, I think it's I think it's likely that Boise State will run the table except for the Oklahoma State, which is a toss-up. So yeah. I think it's likely that they go 11.5. Yeah, that's the point. It's, like, it's also like you saw us arguing that UCF guy a lot uh, recently on Twitter. You were part of the yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. You make the point clear. UCF, not to bash on them, but they have had a winless season more, twice since year two. two. Yeah, since right. two, two, 2010, right? Or 2000. Twi- Boise State and UCF combined for five perfect seasons. Um, for UCF has ran the table backwards twice. Boise State has ran the table forward twice. And yeah. UCF has ran the table forward once. My point with that, which you bring up as well, is that the you're bringing up perfectly. Like they're, the floor and ceiling, Boise's worst years, like ever, is like, well, not ever, but in, since division one a or fbs is what five like five wins i think their first year i believe but right okay but let's let's but start they, with 2000 well, onwards that's what i'm saying like since the, i'm just mentioning like for sure, perspective sure. but nine eight wins like people get pissy ucf has had two zero win seasons in this century so your point like okay there could be one game in that group they might lose if they, it's like the air force game utah state game a couple years ago where it's kind of out of the ordinary, I won't say fluky, but out of the ordinary for what they normally do. So their range, you're correct, is between nine and twelve wins nearly every year. If they get right. eight wins, that's it's a hard to deal with because why do we have eight wins when we should not have eight wins? We should have nine plus. Some say ten plus. I think ten plus is the baseline's a bit too high, but nine wins should be the bare minimum for Boise State. I think every single year. Okay, well, this year, and the other thing I want to point out is when I say that the range is 9 to 12, that doesn't mean at like 10.5 I'm projecting. Mm. I can't go higher than 12 wins, right? Mathematically, I can't go higher. So I, I'm, what I'm saying is that 9 wins is the worst, 12 mm-hmm. wins is the best. I think they'll be a lot closer to the best-case scenario. Me too. And I, I think they'll be – if, if I have to put a number, I'll say 11.25 if I can do a fraction. <laughs> That's fine. If you force me, I'll say 11, and I think 12 is the second most likely. Wasn't there over under 9.5, I think? Of wins? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Um, FPI has them at 10, 10, 10, exactly. 10 and 2. Yeah, they predict title game because they're at 55%. I want to look through this because this will be interesting. Maybe I'll do it later. But I want to look at the percentage chance of winning conference. I'm going to bet they're probably top three in the country for that number at 55%. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, I, I may be way off, but like Utah State's predicted second and then what, Mountain Division? They're 6%. And they well, missed Fresno and San Diego State. <laughs> 
Well, let me let me let me look at UCF's numbers because I can't imagine that Alabama is at fifty five percent chance to to win the conference. So I'd say, okay, you okay? Guess what? Guess what? UCF's um, chance to win the conference is fourteen percent, twenty four. But um, that's not high. That's not much. That's not much. And they're what's the deal with Memphis? Why is Memphis getting so much love? Because I've seen this a few times before. But points, they can score. <laughs> um, UCF has had a Third, a 30% chance to win at Memphis and at North Carolina, and that's not a good number. No, it's not. It's, uh, I don't know, like, they're like looking, let's look at, uh, we'll just have some fun for real quick. Alabama's at 36%. I'd have to look at whoever was predicted to win the conference title, like, uh, um, oh, you know what? Florida Atlantic, I think that that could be pretty high. We'll take one more look here, then we'll move on because this is boring for everybody. Uh, <laughs> no, Florida Atlantic does 13%. not. 13%. <laughs> <laughs> They're Okay, here's my point. We're, this is going to transition perfectly. FPI 7.7 wins. People saying like, oh, they're a dark horse to win the New Year's Six game. They go at Oklahoma, Air Force, and UCF. Come on. So no. let me ask you this. If Boise goes undefeated, they're going – I assume you're predicting like a big-time bowl game, right? I think if they go on – I think Boise State controls their own – they control their own destiny. If they go undefeated, they're going to go. If they go 11-1, and one, unless UCF or Memphis goes undefeated, they will go. Yeah. Unless they don't win the conference. If Boise State is is 12-1 and one and the conference champion, I think only an undefeated UCF or Memphis will be ahead of them. That's why I think every, even with the conference itself, whoever's undefeated in the Mountain West – will take that spot regardless of what any other conference does. I don't know if they will have – I think Boise State is ahead of everybody else. I think that UCF might be ahead of um, the Mountain West champion if they have the same exact record. You think so? Even if San Diego State's undefeated? Yeah. Be, well, no, 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 no. If they have the same record. That's what I'm, so, well, I mean. Zero losses. That's yeah, yeah. I'm, so if they're both 13-0 and because that's the way I look at it because, you know, in case a team has a one – like I think Boise State, if they have a – if they have the same record – as any other mid-major, they're going to go. And I think, in fact, if they have one loss, they'll go over any other undefeated mid-major other than UCF or Memphis. That's yeah, That sounds about right. We'll see. I did I did these rankings at the end of the year. Like, where does a one-loss team fit in? Where does a zero-loss right, team fit right. in? So. No, okay. Anyway, to get to San Diego State, I think the committee puts a lot of stock into what they did last year. I think there will be a lot of public uproar if UCF and San Diego State have the same record and San Diego State is chosen. Here's because- No, no. Here's the thing why. San Diego State plays Stanford and Arizona State. UCF, like Matt points this out every time, arguably their best victory was like I think his USF was like Stony Brook. Just well, no, no. Well, that's um, last year they kind of got in because they were undefeated and yeah, Boise State had two well, losses. Here, real quick, they play South Carolina State. This is UCF. They play yeah. at North Carolina, who lost half its team for selling Jordans, <laughs> <laughs> and then they play in a pretty FAU's pretty good and Pitt at home. You're telling so me you could you can make the you can make the argument that those are three pretty decent games right there. Yeah, but Stanford's gonna be a top fifteen team. They're not playing a ranked team in their schedule in, in non conference play. Right, and if if Boise State, if what if they get Boise State twice? That's what I'm saying. Like if the, here's my point: Fresno could be ranked, Boise probably ranked, and if they play Boise twice, that's four ranked teams on the schedule. Actually, you know what the best play for San Diego State might be in some type of weird, twisted way <laughs> is if they go 12-1 and one, where they lose to Boise State in the regular season then beat an undefeated Boise State, and UCF is also the conference champion at 12-1. and one. Just win your games. Keep it simple. Yeah, okay, let's not get into all these type of crazy variables, but yeah. So one last question here. If Boise goes undefeated, we know playoffs not going to happen because we're realistic people. 
Realistic. Yeah, I'm not a pushover fan. I just know that the t- I'm not going to sit here and get crazy because we don't get into the playoff because I know that a lot of things will have to happen outside of Boise State's control. I will like here's one one last quick thing about me. Utah, Alabama, Sugar Bowl, number 2 in the country. Awesome. Love it. I'm not I wasn't fighting for them to be number 1. Yeah, it'd be cool if they played Florida, but it was never going to happen. Were they no. the best team? Right. I don't think so. I don't know. I can't say for sure and I'm not going to claim they were. They got some first place votes more than UCF, so I'm just, I'm just saying like that was a great year. I'd love it. There was no, there was a parade in town. I think along the train route because you won, you won, you won a Sugar Bowl. It wasn't for winning the national title. No, and, no, and you deserved a parade route. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome because that's an incredible year. I think actually, if you ask Boise State fans, I don't think there's a huge gripe with um, you know either the 2006 or the 2019 not being the national champions. Mm-hmm. I I think the if there is a gripe, it's that they were left out of the BCS in 2010 and 2011 and i think that's extremely justified those teams we know for a fact especially with the 2011 team that they were they i think that they were seven and i think kansas state was eight and both teams got left out because the the, uh, the sugar bowl had the ability to go go, go get the 14th ranked michigan wolverines yeah, yeah but you know i think that's my to this day that's my biggest yeah. gripe i i don't even for one second think that I also didn't like how they put Boise State versus TCU. Yeah, jeez, oh, that was terrible. Because I can go off and hold thing because Boise State should have played Cincinnati and they would have wiped him and TCU would have crushed Tim Tebow. And yeah. I don't think that the BCS wants to see either of those things happen. They did not. Was 2011 – when did they play in the Poinsettia Bowl? Was that 2011? No, no. They played in the Poinsettia Bowl against TCU. That was 2008. Okay, I was thinking something else because that was two highly ranked teams as well, so – no, they played um, Utah in the Mountain West from the Mountain West in 2010, mm-hmm. and that was the Nevada year. Yeah, where okay. that might have been Boise State's best team ever, but yeah, playoff team too with um, Colt McCoy thrown out of bounds. Right. <laughs> All right. So, who do you want if Boise State makes that far? Who do you want to play? Because it's likely Fiesta Bowl because Rose Bowl gets their matchup, Sugar Bowl gets their matchup, semifinal the other two games, Cotton and uh, Pete, you know, Cotton and Orange Bowl, I think. So, who would you want? I predicted – I made early rankings. I put um, Boise versus Wisconsin. I would love that because I hate the Big Ten. My <laughs> sister is a Michigan grad and my dad is a Penn State grad. And just the arrogance that the Big that Big Ten fans have, they have the most arrogance. And I don't think they're that great of a conference. And that would be so Ooh. great just to smack an old-school team like Wisconsin. And um, then obviously playing the SEC would be good too. But the SEC scares me as they should because of the athletes they have down there. Hey, don't, Utah took care of Alabama. I don't care if that guy suspended. He wasn't blocking kicks. He wasn't stopping. <laughs> That's true. He wasn't. He wasn't stopping defense of Brian Johnson throwing to Brent Castile or uh, Matt Asiata. Just saying. No, and that's something that Utah can always. I mean, that that's incredible. I mean, you guys beat Nick Saban, right? Of course. Excuse me. Crushed Nick Saban. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Like we did the um, five words or less. I just put Utah, Alabama, twenty-one-zero because that's what to score at some point. That's true. <laughs> that game was not competitive. No, and it was awesome. It was it was a great. So that's it. We oh my gosh, we went. This is going to be if you saw my tweet just now, Raj. It's going to be a two parter because we have to. <laughs> so part one is me, Matt, and you discussing the offensive, defense, special teams. This part, which we don't have on very often, which we should more because an hour and forty five minutes. So we're not going to make people have a three hour podcast. 
And I want to say, and actually, I didn't talk about this with Jeremy, so we're just going to have this conversation right now. Go for There's going to probably be another Boise State podcast before the year. And I don't know if it's going to be with me and Jeremy or Matt, or it might just be with me and maybe someone new. Yeah. Because I kind of want to talk about what the fan reaction is going to the game and talk about uh, the New Year's Six game and how fans are feeling about Brian Harson and his team coming up. So there might be something on the horizon that's completely Boise State-centric because – I, Boise State is the most important team in the Mountain West because football is the most important sport, and Boise State's the best in football. And sorry, San Diego State, I don't care how many conference championships you won. The only thing that matters is on a national level. And you're so close, level, Aztecs. You're so close. You're getting there. They're, they're not they're close. close. They're close, but they got to do it. I know. That's the point. Yeah, they got to do it. This is the year they come to Boise. I mean, if they go, if and. We need to cut this off pretty soon. But if San Diego State <laughs> somehow goes thirteen and zero this year with victories over Stanford and and probably Boise two over and Boise Fresno, State. Arizona State, like either Boise or Fresno twice, which will probably be ranked both times, that's huge. Yeah, huge. and obviously the worst case scenario would be is if uh, that does happen and UCF also goes undefeated. We'll get to that later. But if, if those who remember years ago, we had a specific UNLV basketball podcast that might be the same for Boise State. We'll see. We, we are, I am totally not against it. More podcast, more fun, more fandom is great. And that's our show. So whew, thanks for listening. Um, check us out, mwwire.com. That's our website. Twitter, iTunes, all that great stuff, MWC Wire. Tune in. I think I make the joke we're on Last FM for a podcast. We might be. If you listen this far and you listen on Last FM, let us know because that would be cool to find out. Also, um, toss out because I don't have it in front of you and I don't have it memorized. What's your Twitter handle just so people can find you and your Boise, Boise homerism? Raja Bleeds Blue. All right, that's R-A-J-A Bleeds Blue. So thanks, for everyone, for listening. We have one more preview, Fresno State, coming up. Then we will have our mega preview for me and Matt will do something. Maybe we'll bring you back on for an abbreviated version because yep. <laughs> we, we talk a lot, which is fine. And then week zero is here, folks. So check everything out. Go back to our old podcast. We previewed every team, a couple of one-off games. Um, we also have our How to Stream podcast, so go listen to that if you don't know how to um, – if you have like sling TV or whatever, FUBU, we tell you to watch games. So we'll see you next time, folks.